Well, just as we were going to go, the camera froze. It was, it was fine until just like a minute ago. Darn it all. So bear with us as we uh, will get another camera up and running here. I'm sure we'll lose our Facebook feed as a result of that. But we'll go to this other wide shot that we didn't lose. See if that keeps us from losing our Facebook. I'm Damon Q. Welcome into Hoops. Hello, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. On a Thursday, we are getting ready to preview the championship tournaments that are starting off on Friday around Division Three. If you got questions for us, tweet us. You can Facebook us. You can do lots of different things to get a hold of us, and we'll certainly do our best to answer your questions. You know how to get a hold of us. It's on the bottom of your screen, and we'll... Uh, we love interacting with you, and so please feel free to do so right here on the show as we get things reassessed. I'll have to check if YouTube gave up on us, or uh, Facebook gave up on us as a result of all those movements, but one hopes they didn't as there we go. Now we got a full live shot for you, and now we go over to Facebook, see if, uh, nope, killed us right out of the gate. I don't know what it thinks is wrong when our camera goes, it doesn't. It, it's fine at start with that graphic. Maybe we should just never have gone to the graphic. I've learned my lesson, so we'll try it again. Tournaments preview simulcast part two. Second attempt at simulcast. Yeah, this is how we do things when you're a one-man band as well. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Thanks for coming in, everybody. We are now back up on Facebook. We are on YouTube and, of course, on our Team One Sports app as well. Thanks to our friends at Huddle. Blue Frame Technology, coming to you from the NABC studios. Thanks in part to D3Hoops.com and Sport Tours International. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Thanks for coming in. Our Yeah, we're back up officially. Unreal. Anyway, our goal, slowly but surely getting to about 3% of our goal. We're not doing very well. Um, I'll try and talk more about it, but here, you know, here's the deal. You can, you can send us a check. You can Venmo us. On our show page, there is a Give More um, campaign. The campaign's got a different total. It's because we didn't reset from last year. Um, but you can donate through Give Butter. You can also purchase anything that we are interested in getting, a wish list, as it were. Uh, we have a list, an Amazon list that is on our show page as well. So that's a couple of ways you can donate to the cause. And we certainly appreciate anything you can do to help us as we continue to uh, move forward into the future. We're in our 21st season. And glad to be here as it were. Um, everyone's starting to make their final four predictions. I'll be honest with you. You won't get one from me. And the reason you won't get one from me is because I call the semifinals for men's basketball and i don't want anybody here thinking that i got some uh <clears throat> dog in the race or something like that that i got some uh advantage or or i'm curious about or want um a certain team to make it or whatever the case may be because for some reason uh i gave you a final four prediction so we just don't do it uh, the previews are up on D3 Hoops. A lot of content up on D3 Hoops right now, actually. Uh, today was a, one of those busy days where we get a lot of content up. It is certainly worth a read as Ryan Scott, once again, with his great tournament preview uh, up on the front page. We also have stories from TCNJ, women's basketball. Uh, what else? I'm, I'm double-checking here. Occidental women's basketball. Great story from them. Don't call it a come back riley zayas checks in on the mac freedom and the stevens ducks uh and what else was there uh tc i'm sorry tc and j men i said women by accident i meant men and don't forget there's also the bracket challenge that is up and running 
on the front page as well from our friends at D3 Photography. So there you go. All the things you need to know in less than 24 hours when we start our cha- our uh, tournaments. Our tournaments, like it's ours. I mean, the NCAA tournaments. Uh, yes, that's what I did mean. Got some great guests today. My hair is being a little funky today, so forgive that. Got a bad haircut uh, last time out. We're going to have to get a new one to make up for it, and it's just doing its own weird thing today. Um, lots to talk about today, and we got some great guests. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to the list because I'd rather read the, the actual list. We'll hear from Scott Bittner, the Stockton men's basketball coach, about what he was doing when he found out he was in the NCAA tournament. Kim Wagers uh, we- will join us from Concordia Moorhead. Uh, then we'll talk to Ava Has- uh, Hassel, the DePaul junior guard for the women's basketball team. Tony Wingen from Carnegie Mellon will join us on the men's program. Then we'll talk to... Um, Walter Pascal, uh, Flannery O'Connor, and Gwen Carpenter from the Framingham State Women's Program. And then Josh Allen from Claremont Mud Scripps is going to uh, shoot us to the finish of this show. So that's all ahead. Some of those are live. Some of those are pre-taped, et cetera, et cetera. And I will be pacing myself through this because ever since Monday, I have been under the weather while also working. Got a bit of a pesky cold that won't go away. Sometimes I'm feeling terrific, and then there's days like today where I am not 100%, so we'll be working our way through it. So there you go. Oh, got another donation. Really appreciate uh, those of you who are donating. We'll update the totem pole, or the tote, port, tote board is what I'm trying to say. Um, so there you go. We're, we're updated there. I need to double-check that, make sure. Yeah, I think, I think we got the right number there. I, I, I'm, I don't think I've double-added anything. <clears throat> the brackets are out. There's still some consternation on social media about certain aspects. We're not diving into those rabbit holes. It's not worth it at this point. Uh, bracket is out. Like the picks. Like the bracket. Like how it's all been put together on the men's and women's side. Got some fascinating matchups, to say the least. What we will do tonight is at least go through the first week, and I'll give you an idea of who I think has the best chance of getting out of wherever they're getting out of. Uh, who we may see and may be talking about on monday that's what we'll certainly do right here um and then of course on monday show which uh i have slated for seven o'clock but why do i have this in the back of my mind no no no. that's the following monday sorry we're good we're good so seven o'clock on monday sorry i've gotten a major league baseball meeting that because of the south korea uh series has been moved up to the middle of basketball season and as a result of that um i have to um, move up the show the the Monday prior to the NCAA tournament uh, or the you know, Final Fours um, because of the, that meeting that night. But we'll cross that bridge later. But anyway, my point being is we have uh, um, on Monday we'll be talking to everybody who's obviously gotten out of this first weekend. So that's why we'll talk about this first weekend coming up about who we think might make it out on the men's and women's side. We'll do that at the end of the show. Uh, again, I think the for the most part, these are amazing brackets and good teams. We can always hem and haul over the last pick in. I think Monday's show was great, talking to Ryan and Pat and some others, just kind of have an understanding of where this all sits. Um, I, I think for the most part, um, listen, we, we again, we can hem and haul over a lot of this stuff. And we can complain about seedings and such, but you know, I, I can take you back to 2013 when we didn't like the pod in Virginia Wesley and we didn't like what they did with some of the 
uh, outliers and, and so much such of that. It just wasn't what we wanted. We could go to 2007, I think it was. I'm double-checking because it came up on our chats uh, earlier. Let me see if I can find it. Depends on which chat room it was in. Yeah, uh, 2007 wasn't a great bracket. 2009 had the bracket of death. Some people are trying to use that bracket of death term. Listen, unless you've got an entire side, not on pod, that is absolute destruction, uh, That's that, that title is reserved. And we just don't get back to those things. And those are the kinds of things we would have spotted right out of the gate, right? So uh, anyway, um, we, we aren't there. I mean, we're, we're 15 remo- years plus removed from those things. These things have gotten so much better so much more competitive. And I think that's the other part of this is we talk about parity, especially in men's basketball, but it's even in women's basketball. And we start looking at second round games and going, geez, you know, that's a tough second round game for whatever top seed or whatever mid seed. And we, well, here's a reminder. There's no easy games anymore. Uh, Long gone are the days where even on the women's side, a second round game is a walkover where the top eight teams are going to easily get in and it's the next eight that can survive nowadays listen the top 16 have a legitimate chance top 20 have a legitimate chance and and you're going to face some really tough second round games on the men's side there are there are 49 teams receiving votes in the top 25 the last week of the regular season I, i i'd have to go back but i'm pretty sure that's unheard of there's that many good teams that are being considered for the top 25 extrapolate out the teams that some of us all decided not to vote on but are probably worthy of it you know the ones that we're considering but just not getting a vote so you're probably talking 60 to 75 teams well we got a tournament of 62 64 sorry and some of those in like a babson did so via upset so it's wide open and yeah we're going to get tough second round games plain and simple um it is not an easy tournament by any stretch of the imagination. There are no favorites anymore to be in the final four, no matter what their path. I think Randolph-Macon might have been the only one in the last five to seven tournaments that we could say that about. Um, This year especially. Listen, Hamden-Sydney's going to have a, a rough go. There's there's no way you could say otherwise. Um, I don't think anybody's truly protected as it were so i get some of the consternation i get some of the upsetness i think some of it is is with blinders on but the most important part about all of this is that we've got a very good basketball tournament ahead of us on both the men's and women's side and it is going to be fun to watch plain and simple it's going to be fun to watch and for all you bracketologists out there, young and old, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I think this one's going to be an absolute beast, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. With that in mind, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk to one of the teams that certainly surprised us all in the tournament. Surprised themselves, I'd argue. Stockton men's basketball in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to Scott Bittner coming up on where he was when he found out, how he found out. And how his team is resetting themselves to get ready for pretty good first round battle themselves. You're watching the Hoopsville. Well, you're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com and Sport Tours International from the NABC studios. Back with more after this.
The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this Thursday edition, as we get ready for the NCAA tournaments, I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Got lots of guests to talk to today around the country and great stories of teams that are in, including those who may not have realized they were going to be in. Maybe it packed up their lockers for all I know. We did hear about one team like that, um, but that was for ECACs. Uh, but you know, what do you do when it's on a Monday? You don't think you probably have a chance of being in the NCAA tournament? Well, you probably... Kick up your feet, relax a little bit, take a deep breath from the season. And then suddenly you're alerted that maybe your season is not quite over. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline to talk about it is Scott Bittner, the head coach of the Stockton Osprey. And Scott, I'm curious, am I have I got the story about right? What were you all what were you doing on Monday afternoon? What was I doing? Um 
I was, um, what, how did I spend my money? I woke up, I worked out, I rode my bike uh, from my house into Ocean City, rode the boardwalk, had coffee, called my uh, close friend, Chris Caridio, and we talked for about an hour while as I'm sitting on the boardwalk and I'm talking about our season in the past tense the entire time and telling him that I plan on coming to his practice on Wednesday and I'm bringing my kids to his game Friday. Um, and then I'm going to go to St. Joe's game with my children and then hopefully back to the Widener game. And, and then uh, my whole plan was, was squashed by a bunch of text messages and phone calls from my players telling me we're in. Yeah, I mean, talk about um, surprise. Uh, listen, and the, and the crazier part about that was it was the very last grouping. So for everybody, no one really knew what was going on until you found out the very last, bottom, third to last team to be shown on the screen and they say Stockton. And I remember, I and probably about the time your text came in, people were hearing me say Stockton. Like, hey, look at this. <laughs> um, what? Obviously, the, you don't have a watch party set up because you guys probably didn't think you're getting in, as you mentioned. And Caridio certainly doesn't know. He's probably watching around knowing he's going to be playing at home, as you mentioned. How quickly is the turnaround? Are you guys practicing that night? Or are, you, are you just enjoying it and, and trying to settle in before getting going Tuesday instead? Um, no, I mean, I, I just had to quickly get my stuff together. My neighbor came over to talk and, and I'm like rushing out the door and, uh, we held up like an impromptu team meeting. And, um, when I get into the gym, the baskets are up, like, like up all the way, like, you know, into the ceiling and they have no nets in them from college, New Jersey, cutting down the nets, which, which is a funny story because the night of that game, I go to dinner, you know, I meet my kids and we, we go to dinner. And my 10-year-old daughter goes, Dad, that's awful embarrassing letting somebody cut the nets down in your house. So so that I thought that was the, like the last statement of my season. And then uh, and then I then I realized I locked the balls away because our balls have been disappearing like one one at a one at a time. So I, I put them away so so I can at least let the guys have the balls we don't want. Um so I had to get them out of storage and then we met and we talked and uh you know, I mean, I, you know, it was, we, we were a happy bunch, um, but grateful, um, you know, and I realized there's a half a dozen to 10 teams in the country that, that very easily could have been that team. And I feel for them. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I believe we're one of the top 64 teams, but that, that's not quite how it works. Right. Um, so we're just grateful to be here. And, um, you know, I, I know there's people on the committee that believed in us and our job is to, is to represent their thoughts well and, and go out and play really hard. Well, you're going to get a tough, no pun intended, uh, first-round game, as we've been talking about. Everybody does at this point. You're going to have toughs. You're at NYU, so you're in New York City. For you guys, not too bad a trip. Just the other side of, of heading up Jersey. Got a nice little drive to see the beaches and all, and then drove into New York. Uh, but you do have toughs ahead of you. Um, we'll get to your team. We'll get to the season in a minute. But uh, what's the prep like for the Jumbos? Well, I mean, obviously, they're different than anybody in our league. Um, you know, we have a common opponent in Keene State. Um, you know, I know Chris played them last year in the tournament. Um, you know, but they're extremely big, um, very fundamentally sound. They really good basketball players, one through nine or ten. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a challenge. And, uh, you know, it should be interesting to watch because we're two different teams. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I was almost going to say, though, it's interesting enough because I feel like a little bit of NESCAC basketball is kind of matriculating its way into the end, Jack, just to the nature of the coaches, like TCNJ's head coach and some others. So I feel like maybe you would get a little taste of it. But obviously not everybody plays the exact same style. One question I have for you is you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you want to go a little up-tempo, right? You want to kind of push the pace. Is that something you think you can do? I mean, I, I think that we, we certainly prefer to play that way. Um, you know, we're not as deep as we've been because we, we've lost some guys through the year. and We lost our point guard eight or nine games ago. So, we're you know, I mean, the four-minute timeouts certainly help. Um, so, you, you, you know, I it, it'll – that that'll seem like a big break because we don't have them in our league. Um, we, we would prefer to play fast, but I mean, the, the number one way to do that is by defending. And um, you know, if I've had a problem with my group, it's it's they pick and choose when they want to defend. And uh, you know, like as Tom Hanks says in um, in whatever that movie was, like we're like a box of chocolates. I'm not exactly sure we're, what we're going to get tomorrow, so I'm not I'm not sure how you can. Um, you know, can guess what's going to happen. Am I talking to Rick Pitino? I'm, I'm a little confused. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, deep reference. Um, yeah, I mean, this team has got the weapons. You got DJ Campbell leading the team at 20 points a game. You got three other guys in double figures. Granted, some of them have been banged up, but EJ uh, Matthew Spratly in, in, uh, uh, Spratly in, eight, in 16 games that he's played has been a double figures guy. Tavon Gaither uh he's double figures at 15 points a game 19 games out of our i'm not gonna say martin's last name very well 11 and a half but again injuries have been a part of this so who's been stepping into the roles to be able to fill in the scoring gaps for those guys that you've been losing well martin's gone martin's done he broke he's the one that broke his wrist um right. so we're playing without him so we've just shortened the bench um you know before his injury we had the um ability to go small when we wanted and we would slide DJ, you know, up, you know, because he's tough enough to guard forwards. Um, you know, it's very similar to the way we played the last two years. And then when Martin went down, we've kind of been back to the big lineup um, and, and playing that way. Now, you know, we've had spurts where we've really defended well. Um, we had a spurt even the other night where, you know, where I don't think we played particularly well as a whole, but we had like a seven or eight minutes where we held up without a basket and, and we were terrific defensively. So it, it just starts with that, right? And, and just, just having that mindset of really wanting to guard. But we have, certainly have the talent to do it. You're, you're one struggle, and you talk about the injuries, is the fact that you guys went 5-5 five and five in your last 10. How hard is it to put that behind you and, and just almost erase that memory, knowing it's now just basically one and done? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure my, my guy, like, I'm not even sure I knew we were five and five in the last 10. I'm certainly sure they don't know it. I think we take one game at a time. Uh, we've played some great games in that stretch and we've played some really, really bad games in that stretch. Um, you know, it's one of the, you know, our league, I don't, I don't know around the nation how would it start off, but to me, it was the toughest it's been. Like one through ten this year, I you know I don't know if the the top teams are as good as they sometimes are, but just playing six, seven, eight, and nine, like it's it's like there's still games and t you know ten. I mean ten, even you really got to play and you got to play well, and if you don't play hard, you're not going to win. And um, I I think my group had time trouble um, just kind of having that self discipline every single night. You got to bring your lunch pail to work. Um, you know if you look at the 
the teams in our schedule that, you know, I guess Rowan and King State would be the highest ranked nationally. And, and you know, of course, we showed up for those two games and we won them. Uh, Montclair finished third in our league and, we, you know, and we beat them three times. It's the other games that we've been worried about. Now, the good thing is when the NCAA tournament, we all know Tufts is very, very good. And I, I expect my guys to show up that way. Yeah, you actually had an interesting season when you start breaking it down. You played Roanoke, who's always a tough team. Um, you had the Keene State win, which you mentioned. Uh, you had the game against St. John's, who was just on the outside of the NCAA tournament. Those games taking place at the small basketball event in, in South Dakota. Um, obviously, the conference is a beast. You played Cortland pretty well. Uh, the Rowan games, as you mentioned, were certainly a part of that. You, you really had a, a kind of a taste of a lot of different options you say nobody in conference is like Tufts. Was there anybody else that you played this season that you can kind of lean on that's like Tufts? I mean, I guess Roanoke would uh, be the closest, right? Just really big and physical, extremely well coached. Um, I, I, that would be that would be the closest. Um, you know, uh, College New Jersey has a big kid that would remind me a little bit of some of the Tufts kids, um, just his physicality and how active he is. Um, but I, I don't know the beauty of basketball, right? Everybody's different. Like nobody's exactly alike, and that's what makes it a great sport. Two years ago, you guys were in the NCAA tournament at home with a very much watched opening weekend, where you got the win over Wilson, then a big win over Johns Hopkins before falling to Marietta. I'm sorry, falling to Christopher Newport at Marietta in the round of 16 couple of guys obviously have some experience from that is that worth tapping into or is that too far into the past to try and remind guys of you know here's what we're going to expect no i mean i think it's worth tapping into like dj was in that and ronnell lawrence was in that and then and then last year we did the same thing right we lost in sweet 16 to Nichols. um you know i i mean we've you know we've been there i don't know if that's always good or, or bad like like Sometimes when you've been there, you just think this is the way it's supposed to be, and you don't have the same gratitude and sense of humility going into it. And um, you know, first and foremost, you got to realize what a big deal this is, and be proud of yourselves. And you know, you may have people thinking you you underachieved a bit, but your program's in good shape. If people are complaining about you, and you're in the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid, right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. Who's who's the one who's holding? Uh, the uh, keys right now to the hotel room in New York. It's you guys. Um, yeah, last year again, LaRoche and Mary Washington, big wins there, and then and then you took on that Nichols squad, um, and unfortunately fell that game at Swarthmore. I was gonna. That was my follow up. Was all right. If two years ago isn't good, then last year's got to be kind of in the back of everyone's minds because I felt like you guys thought you could have done more than what happened last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, now this is two years in a row. Maybe, it, maybe it's me as a coach, but I didn't quite feel like I got through to last year's group and, and and gotten everything out of them. And then, you know, this year, I, you know, I think the first thing is, you know, as a coach, you look in the mirror and you, what could I do different, or what could I change? And, you know, is there, you know, I mean, my guys would all say I'm really good at holding people accountable, but I, you know, I have some question marks whether I let some stuff go early in the season. And, you know, the good thing about this group that I thought would help over last year's group is I, I wasn't completely happy how we were playing last year, but we were winning. And it's really hard to teach when you're winning. I, I think Nick Saban said it somewhere in an interview this year, like the worst thing you can do is win and not play well. 
Well, last year's team did it about a dozen times, and they were good enough and talented enough. This year's group, when it didn't play well, it didn't win. And I thought it would be great great going down the stretch. Um, and, I, and I guess it was. I mean, we made our league final, so it's not like we, we you know, we, we completely folded down the stretch. Um, but I, I thought those those lessons would really be enough to push us through. Now, again, even Saturday, I, I don't know how, you know, even if we played really, really well, College New Jersey was 9 for 12 from 3 in the first half. I mean, it's really hard to beat a good team when they go 9 for 12 from 3. And, you know, I kept looking at my assistants. I'm like, how the heck are we still in this game? So maybe it's a tribute to us to even be in it and cut it. You know, we had it at 3 and at 2 late in the game. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that's, you might've just lost to a team that just shot incredibly well, you know, going to again, have toughs coming up in the first round. I know you're not looking too far ahead because no coach I know would ever look too far ahead, but granted on the other side is NYU or Hassan out of Bangor. I know your assistants have taken a peek at them. If you get to that game, what are you expecting from either one of those opponents? If you've looked that far. Uh, I, I'm not smart enough to look like my guys don't know my place. I'm certainly not going to go over NYU stuff and everything else. Like we're, I'm a one day at a, you know, one game at a time, uh, time kind of guy, you know, you know, I have watched NYU just because I have no life and I'm a loser. And sometimes I'll sit with a glass of wine on a Friday night, probably like you do. And I've watched NYU like three times, just marveling at the point guard. So that's what I know, you know, and, and they'll run some great action up top and, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, if we're lucky enough to get there, then we're going to have to piece it together pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's not like in the years past where we we thought we had a pretty good chance in the first round. I mean, I, I you know, I might even be generous saying this game's a toss-up. I don't know what what, what, it, what it would be if, if it was in Las Vegas. Um, but I certainly not confident enough to look ahead. I don't blame you. Uh, and I think every game is tough this year. And so I, I think everybody, it, we could have all kinds of wild second round games for all we know. Um, have you guys had a chance to play around at the Paulson Center yet? Gotten a chance to see the new digs at NYU? Uh, it's beautiful. I mean, we went down there for uh, for uh, practice today. We, I mean, it's a quick drive for us. I mean, it, it's no, you know, there's a lot of recruiting trips for us that have been, you know, further than this and there's schools in our league that are further than NYU. So this, this was great. And uh, we got up, we had practice around 1230 places. Unbelievable. One, I've never been in a building that cost over a billion dollars to build. I think they said, Neither have like, I. you know, we'll, 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 no. So it, it's incredible. And, and I'll tell you, the people there are really excited to host a tournament and man, that you could tell it like they, they, you know, just by the way they treated you and how organized they were. Well, I'm sure it's great. I can't wait to get there myself. I was going to say, New York, uh, this, the trips are supposed to be special. Sometimes you can't get exactly a unique opportunity. This is unique, but it's not necessarily different for everybody. New York City is kind of synonymous where everybody goes. That in Philadelphia from your area, right? Well, you know, funny thing is we were in Aberdeen, South Dakota, in in November with this a little different group. and you want to talk about a cult yeah you want to talk about a culture shock. You know, here we are in New York City. So but my guys, if nothing else, they've gotten a taste of, of uh you know a good amount of experiences in the last five or six months. That's true. And sometimes that's the most important part, right? It's about the experiences these student athletes are getting. Um well we're obviously- we're teaching life skills through our sport. So that is the key. There you and, go. and I think we've done that. 
Um, obviously, big game tomorrow. Appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, I know you got other things you you got to focus on, like game tape and prepping the guys, making sure they're ready. Uh, look forward to watching this one tomorrow and and seeing how it plays out. Congratulations! Listen, we're all surprised, but then again, I think we're all going to be surprised who the last pick in was anyway because it was so wide open. Well done on your on your season. You got some big results. You certainly deserve to be there, and congratulations on all that. Uh, I've known you a long time, Scott. It's great to see the Osprey in there for three straight seasons now, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens down the road. Meantime, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? No, I mean, it's the same thing I say to you every time I'm done with you is that thank you for everything you do for our level. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, you know, why does Division Three get so much more publicity than the Division Two? And I said, well, I'm going to talk to the guy tomorrow. He's the reason why. So thank you for everything you do. Well, thanks, Scott. Uh, I would offer my services to D2, but I only got so much time on my hands. So, <laughs> hey, good luck. Take care. Thanks for the time. And uh, I'll look forward to catching up with you. All right. Go Ospreys. Thank you. Definitely. Scott Bittner joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with him. Listen, Stockton might be a surprise to many, but at this point, everybody's a good team. And that matchup with Tufts is going to be fascinating to watch. And why are you hustling on the other side? Worth watching, too. But Spencer Friedman certainly maybe steals the show as well. We'll see how it all plays out this weekend at the Paulson Center in New York City. We'll take a break. When we come back, where am I headed? I am completely forgotten where I'm headed in the show next. Oh, Kim Wager of uh, Concordia Moorhead joins us to talk about her Cobbers women's basketball team. You'll listen to Hoopso presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important. But as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. 
No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. <clears throat> We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Probably one of the best reactions we saw on the selection videos that went throughout Division Three. It was the Cobbers of Concordia Moorhead as they found out they were into the NCAA tournament. It was a heck of a reaction, one that I enjoyed so much. We showed it again because it also became part of the conversation I had earlier today with the head coach of the Cobbers about the team getting into the tournament and what it meant to her and the program to be dancing, playing Illinois Wesleyan, and on the road to Wartburg. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Cobbers, probably one of my favorite uh, mascots in all the land. Uh, great to see you, Coach Wagers. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. We're on the bus on the way to Warburg, and yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, probably one of the best reactions we saw on Selection Monday or whatever you want to call it, Bracket Monday. Uh, when the brackets came out, your team's sitting there. I know I asked you this off air, but curious. Uh, did you have any inkling that you guys would be in, other than maybe us prognosticators uh, on Sunday night? Did you guys, did, did you feel confident you could be in that room? Because I know sometimes that's a debate for coaches. Yeah, I mean, uh, we felt confident about being in the room and watching it um, for sure, but I, I definitely didn't know either way. I thought um, we had a maybe slightly better chance than last year just based on the things that you all were saying in the region rankings, but um, I was still sweating a little bit. Uh, I can understand that for sure. Uh, <laughs> at least they got it done for you about midway through. You weren't sweating it to the last pod, so you got to know about halfway done. And again, one of the best reactions we saw on Monday. Uh, obviously, it's right to work then and getting ready, but let's go back to the season that was. 20-5, and five, started the season 1-2 and two with losses to Whitewater and Stevens Point. A win over another NCAA tournament team in Minnesota, Morris. Gustavus had your number. Hamlin kind of snuck up on you. Uh, what was the season like from from start to finish, though, from your perspective? Yeah, it's been it's been a great year. We uh, obviously went out to Stevens Point for that um, clash with Whitewater, and obviously any of the Y schools are going to be outstanding competition. And so we really were excited about that conference trip. Um, we played at home on Wednesday versus Morris, and then. I really got on the bus on Thursday morning um, and played Whitewater on Friday um, after about an eight-hour drive. And so um, we were really excited to get that game in. And uh, we turned it over a lot, but we played really hard and um, took them right down to the wire. And so we had chances to win um, against a very good Whitewater team early. And um, I think that gave us a lot of confidence. We were obviously uh, disappointed in the, the loss, but um, like 
our team knew after last year having a good year that like that's that's going to be one of the best teams in the country in Whitewater. And so for us to play with them right down to the wire, I think it just gained confidence going into the beginning of our conference schedule. Um, and then, yeah, we, we won a bunch um, on the road in December as we usually travel a lot in December and then um, kind of hit our stride in January when we got to be home for back-to-back-to-back games and um, definitely tripped up a little bit against Hamlin. Um, and then got a big one at home against Gus Davis in February, which was, which was exciting and fun. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun year. Feels like that Gus Davis game maybe carried a little bit more weight. It really gave you guys a resume boost there, um, in terms of results versus regionally ranked. Yes, they've got you two other times, but that was a significant win. And again, you're right. Playing Whitewater certainly helped along the way. I, I know the Mayak's always been a challenge. We know there's good teams in this conference, just not a lot of resume points. You lost a couple games to Carrollton, which maybe didn't hurt the SOS as much as it could have. I'm just speculating. But my point is, it felt like things are in the right place here going into next year where you'll get a few more out-of-conference games, bolster this resume, really give a chance for this conference to maybe show off the talent that's there. Yeah, agreed. Um, we're really excited about those additional non-cons next year. And obviously, um, we really uh, appreciate and take seriously all the talent in our league. I mean, St. Ben's has been outstanding forever, and St. Kate's has been really good lately too. And then um, obviously Bethel um is a really really strong opponent too and so um we got a really good league and so hopefully next year everyone's um ability to play some more non-cons and get outside our region will help could make a big difference for sure and hopefully Carrollton can figure out what's going on so they can still be a full-time member it's nice to see them at play hey awards came out in the conference and not surprisingly quite a few uh, came for the Cobbers. Offensive Player of the Year, I think, was honored for you all. Um, I'm, I'm reading the, the press release and, and seeing the list. It, it says a lot that in a very large conference, you've got players that are standing out to the rest of the coaches in this conference. Yeah, that's uh, an amazing accomplishment. Carly Steven was uh, Offensive Player of the Year, and um, she's, a, she's one of our big three as far as scoring, and um, is just a kid that puts in so much work in the gym. I mean, she's there before I get there in the morning, and she's usually um, in the gym when I'm leaving. And so um, credit to her, all her, her hard work paying off. But um, And obviously being recognized by the other coaches in the league is is fun too. And then we had Michaela and Emily both um, get all conference um, nominations and awards again as well, and that's back-to-back years for both of those two. So that's it's really exciting to see just all the hard work that they've put in and kind of just pay off and be um, recognized for. Yeah, I think that's the key here. It's all three of those, again, getting postseason honors, but it's even getting that uh, offensive player that you're considering how good Gustavus was, et cetera, that the impact that your program is having is certainly um, being noted. noted. And, and that's something maybe, hey, heads up, Wartburg Pod, you know this is this this is not just some other Mayak team coming. This is this is a talented team, and when you look at the lineup and you look at the stats, yes, those three certainly stand out. But there's a lot of other players who are contributing. Yep, yep, we've we've definitely built our depth, and obviously with Jordy Kaler and uh, Greta Tolson as our um, other two starters, um, they provide a nice little lift. Jordy's had some huge games um, when we needed her, and you know can rattle off eight to ten straight points and. Um, really give us a run. Uh, it seems like the third quarter has been her quarter, and so she's definitely helped us. And, and Greta um, is, like, very steady and very consistent and 
she definitely helps out too. And then we've been able to play almost 10 deep off the bench. And so um, our depth has definitely been something that I'm super proud of and um, has grown throughout the year. What I also find interesting when you when you just look at the stats side of this is you're a really good shooting team, especially your top trio, but you're shooting 42% from the floor, but uh, Anderson shoots 51% from the floor. Siebens at 40%, 43% plus percent for Bessemon, also 43% plus percent for Tollefson. This is a very good shooting team, so you aren't going to necessarily be able to slow down the offense in terms of limiting shots because they're likely to still make those shots. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, we try to be as balanced as we can as far as um, everyone getting touches and shots. But, yeah, we have a, a bunch of kids that are very skilled. And so um, it makes for uh, it makes for fun offense when the ball is moving and we got people that can just knock down open shots. I think that's the scariest part is when the ball is moving. Um, yeah. And what is so – can you tap into the Stevens Point game and the Whitewater game? Obviously, Concordia, uh, Gustavus Adolphus not so long ago, but can you tap into those other games at this point in the season? It's one of those questions we always ask. And, and say, hey, remember what we did in game number two, game number three, we're going to see this or we're going to see that, even if it's a different opponent. Is that an easily accessible thing for everybody to tap to? Yeah, I think so. I think um, some friendly reminders is um, also from our coaching staff, right, um, is key in some of these moments where we're preparing for other people. But um, the Whitewater game, uh, our kids, I mean, second game of the year, and uh, it was a little early ugly, and we turned it over a bunch. But um, just the effort that they played with was so important, and um, that's what we're always trying to, you know, focus on is just energy and effort and really focus on the process and not necessarily the outcome. And, um, I think since that game, obviously we, we turned it over a decent amount against Gustavus in the championship. Um, but between those two games, we've done a really good job of ball control, even though we, we do like to push and run. And so um, that's a continuous emphasis for us too, is just ball control and getting good shots. And so um, hopefully we can tap into um, just the energy and effort that we played with um, against all those teams. But um obviously some friendly reminders about some key uh, things like ball control and just uh, handling pressure um, will be um, brought up in the next couple of days here. The other flip side of that is they say defense travels. I always say free throw shooting travels as well. You're good at both. You're limiting your opponents to 60%, uh, 60 point. I'm sorry, let me try that again. 60.4 points per game you're limiting your offenses to 39 percent from the floor but you have the best free throw shooting team in division three at 80 percent which is no slouch at all those are two real key opportunities for this team even if the offense maybe isn't at 100 percent yeah for sure that's i mean uh that's a pride point for us um it's one of our one of our kind of visions and uh, probably far down on the list, but definitely a goal of ours. We were top three last year in free throw percentage too. And so um, we definitely uh, make it a goal to um, shoot a really good percentage from the free throw line. Uh, but that also helps us too, right? When we, if we're not shooting it well from the perimeter and if we can be on the attack mode and get to the free throw line against opponents, I feel really good about our chances as long as um, we're being aggressive and getting to the free throw line. Oh, by the way, you're playing Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, I don't know if you got that memo. My um, Smith's kind of got a good team, the Titans there. Uh, that's a heck of a CCIW with three of them coming out of there. Um, 
Yeah. I realize we're talking to you on a Thursday for a Friday game, so I know you've done all the scouting and you've done all the prep, but you're not necessarily already there, and I do realize it's going to air before the, sh- the game takes place. That all right. said, what is it about Illinois Wesley that you see that you, you think you match up well with, that you think you can take advantage of per se, that, that things can go Cobber's way? Sure. I think uh, they're, they're a really outstanding team. They're very athletic. Uh, they play a style that um, I think fits us as, as far as a matchup. We like to get up and down, and they definitely like to get up and down. And uh, they shoot it well from three, it looks like. And obviously, they're very athletic and can ball on the floor and uh, just like transition, right? And so um, as long as we can uh, limit turnovers and make sure that we have good ball control, I think we can um, we're a team that like it'll be fun to see both teams get up and down because that's that's definitely the style that we like to play as well. So um, it should be a really good matchup, and we're we're excited for the challenge. It's a, a you, we should remind people if they haven't figured out watching the video behind you. You are en route. We are obviously recording this when this airs. Uh, you are still <laughs> on your way to Wartburg College, which is about. I'm seeing about a six-hour drive if I were in my car. I have a feeling in the bus, maybe a little longer. Uh, i got to stop, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Um, so you're going a little bit away from home. Do you, do you expect the, the fan support to come with? Do you, do you expect this to still feel um, maybe a little bit better than most away games? Yeah, I, I really hope so. I think um, our parents have been outstanding all year, um, just with the little like parents, fans, family right i've had a few text messages from alumni that are are near or close to iowa and uh, they sound like they plan down um, plan to drive down as well so i think we should have a really good um, contingent behind us and um, we're used to the travel uh obviously concordia being we're we're kind of the outlier that Mayak league and so uh, bus trips are nothing for us i was gonna say you're passing quite a few of your conference mates along the way through Minneapolis and south into through Minnesota into Iowa. Yeah, this feels like probably yeah. a very familiar trip to to a certain point. Yep, for sure. We uh, we actually left last night, and so we did our normal trip to the Twin Cities, which is like an everyday thing for us, and then have another three hours today, which feels very normal. So um, we're hoping to shake out the bus lines this afternoon. But, um, yeah, this, isn't, this shouldn't be a, a surprise for any of our kids. We're used to being on the bus. Oh, great to know that you you stopped. I was about to say, what is kind of the travel day plan for today? You get there. When we shoot around? When will you kind of shake it up? And what do you guys do tonight? Yeah, we uh, will we'll arrive hopefully noon, one o'clock um, after we stop for lunch here. Um, and then uh, we practice at 320. Um, so we got that kind of late afternoon practice time, which is, is our normal practice time anyways. And we'll get 90 minutes on the floor to kind of um, get a lot of shots up, obviously, and um, shake up the legs a little bit and do some, um, you know, day before game type um, defensive breakdowns and stuff like that. And then uh, we'll shower and uh, go out to dinner um, near the, the college tonight and then hopefully get to bed um, at a decent hour so they can get some sleep. Uh, have you guys been to Wartburg before? Is this been a place that the team is familiar in terms of shooting lines and court awareness and what it feels like to be there? No, no, we, well, not, um, not since I've been here. Uh, yeah, we haven't, we've, we're, we played in Simpson or at Simpson, um, in my first year of this, we've been to Iowa, but we haven't been to the Warburg facility. So I have as a coach and obviously a great facility and, uh, they're already doing a tremendous job of hosting. Um, we just have been overwhelmed with all the great communication and all the things that they've done for us already. So, 
Um, it should be really fun tournament and a great place to play. And we're looking forward to a full 90 minutes on the floor today just to get used to the rims and the hoops and all the things. No, it's good to hear. Uh, certainly uh, class group at Warburg. Uh, by the way, you mentioned lunch. Again, we're recording this with Coach. Uh, what, what's for lunch? Kind of curious. Oh, uh, well, we're mixing things up. I, uh, we, we eat a lot of sandwiches, obviously, when we're on the road. And so uh, we were just trying to find something that may be a little bit different, but not anything too heavy. And so we're going to stop at Pita Pit. Um, Ooh. And Ooh. some of my kids have never eaten that, but I, I did get one post player who like jumped out of her seat excited. So I was like, well, that'll work. Yeah, no, I'm game too. Listen, uh, I'll send you my order. I <laughs> uh, just sent it on my way. Okay. I, this sounds lovely to me. Um, awesome. Hey coach, yeah. appreciate it. Um, I, before I, we let you go, I am curious, what does this mean for the program to be in the NCAAs, get a large bid, most importantly, that says that your resume was good enough, period to be in this situation the opportunity yeah it's a tough first round match but there aren't a lot of easy ones out there anymore either but what's it say about the program about just being in the ncaa tournament and, and the potential to be moving on yeah i mean we're we're really excited it means it means the world to us i mean i think the video is like shows a lot of just how joyful my kids were finding out that they got to keep playing and they just really enjoy each other and love to play for each other. And I was almost taken aback about how excited they were to continue to um, keep this journey going. And obviously as a, as a coach, it, it's, you know, it's when we put a five-year plan together, when I interviewed for the job, like that's part of moving in that direction, right. And bringing Concordia basketball back on the map. And so um, we've done a really good job, our coaching staff of trying to build recruiting classes and just stick with the process and, to be in an NCAA tournament in my fifth year is really exciting and just means we're going in the right direction and hopefully we can keep staffing and building and um, being a, a team that uh, people are talking about every year. Uh, I think the five-year plan's working. Maybe a raise. I don't know. I don't control these things. Just, just a thought. By the way, the reason we stuck with the video on Monday so long was I loved the group hug at the end. Like the team just went, oh my God, and it kind of hit home after the cheering. That was what yeah. I thought was the most poignant moment. Yeah, they, uh, they're they a group that really, obviously, um, it sounds like probably every coach would say this, but they really get along and just uh, they really enjoy each other. And um, it's just a, gr it's a great group to coach. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of hugging. Uh, <laughs> wins and losses and just uh, we've been through a lot, uh, as probably most teams are or, you know, have. A lot of adversity during their years, but um, this crew has definitely stuck together and um, have a lot of love for each other. Well, again, congratulations. I'll let you get back to uh, figuring out what you're ordering from Pita, um, <laughs> Pita Pit. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong there. Uh, you could you can go for any good thing. But good luck against Illinois Wesleyan. Good luck this weekend should you be able to advance on to the second round as well. Should be a fun one to watch. We always have a tradition on the show. We give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Uh, no, just roll cobs. Perfect. Uh, roll cobs. I usually do that in butter. Is, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I, bad joke. I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I want the entire interview and then I just had to slide one in. It Coach, good, I appreciate it. Good luck. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Kim, Kim Wagers, join us here on the Hoopsville Hotline on their way to Warburg. Good to chat with Coach Wagers there. The team, uh, get good batches up with Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, don't be surprised if Concordia Moorhead uh, makes some waves there. It, 
And then on Warburg's the other side of that, it's just tremendous. It's going to be a great weekend of basketball, as we already know, and that's going to be a great little matchup out there uh, in the middle of the country. Uh, I don't know who to put it on. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk, we'll talk about it later who we think might come out of that. Wisconsin Lutheran could be in upset mode as well. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk more women's basketball with a junior guard from DePaul. Talk about Chris Huffman's squad with her and what they could be up to this weekend hosting with hope on the other side as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. More after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We are calling you. All of you. We are calling all Division Three schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. As we continue along on this Thursday, the tournament preview show. Great conversation so far with a couple of coaches on programs who uh, got automatic bids to get in, or no, I'm sorry, got at-large bids to get in the tournament. Maybe a little bit of a surprise for one, maybe on the fence on whether the other was a surprise for the other. Now let's pivot a little bit and talk to teams who knew they were in and taking advantage of opportunities in front of them. For the DePaul women, they're into the tournament, and they are hosting. Again, it's Berea, who was our Pool B selection out of the CCS. Of course, on the other side of that bracket, you've got Rippon and Hope. Interesting matchup, to say the least. This is one of those bids, if you're ever wondering, well, you know, why did the Northeast get a little bit of an odd situation with with bids? It's because they needed a bid in the middle of the country, and DePaul is pretty much that bid that was perfect for different locations. How this is all going to play out, What's who's going to come out a victor from the weekend at Neal Fieldhouse? Well, we turn to a student athlete to find out. Ava Hassel joins us, junior guard for the DePaul Tigers, joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Ava, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, um, I'm sure we'll find a way to keep you from being happy by the end. Uh, we'll, we'll make it more interesting. Um, listen, great season. Uh, but I think you've, this is a Tiger squad for the last couple of years kind of flown under the radar for everybody. Yeah, 21-7 and seven this season. You got out to a rough start. Three losses in your opening four to Transylvania, Millican, and WashU. Of course, all three in the NCAA tournament. Got a win over Calvin. Then you got back on a winning streak. You got five straight before taking a loss to a Wartburg, who's obviously in the tournament as well. Tell me about this first half of the season, because I got to imagine the student-athlete. Not, I mean, I've been through some really rough seasons as a student-athlete. Losing three of your first four and maybe coming out of the front half of that season with a 500 record was not how you all drew this one up. Yeah, definitely not. Um, if I do say one thing, it's kind of how the past two seasons have started. Um, one good thing that we have, though, is we we make those out-of-conference games super tough that we're, you know, in challenging games from the start, especially, you know, we don't, don't play any conference games until January, so... You know, I think it's a good time to play those games and uh, just get like our momentum going, even though we went, you know, kind of 500 with those. They really showed us where we were pretty early in the year and helped us to pin down what we really needed to work on. And I think, you know, no one wants to lose that many. But I think, you know, from an early start, they really help us to learn and adapt and grow as a team in general. Yeah, you started last season four and four, but you didn't make the NCAA tournament. You lost to Ohio Wesleyan in the conference tournament, and that was the end of the season. So was there any trepidation? Oh, no, here we go again? Or is it, no, 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 we, we got time to kind of write this, figure it out. As you said, playing tough opponents, this is good for us. Um, the past two years, we've lost to Milliken, and it's been early in the year, and it's been like one of those sequences where we – so like what, losing to them again this year was kind of like, okay, like let's not repeat how we did last year. So like I said, it was kind of a good reset for us to just have that and show us where we're at. Uh, obviously we shoot for the stars every year. So we weren't going to let, 
a little bit of a rough start set us back any more than we needed to. Yeah, there's never a time I know Chris Huffman's squad not to be uh, kind of testing themselves and, and making it difficult. We're just very used to you being on the other side of it, which is kind of interesting to see you not struggle. I don't want to use that term, but definitely have to figure it out. Second right. half of the season, you pretty much figured it out. And, and what is, I would have argued, a pretty tough NCAC this year. Uh, Oberlin, barring some injuries, had become a really big factor. Wittenberg was good. Uh, obviously, Ohio Wesleyan was good. The three of you finished tied atop the conference with Dennis and a game behind. I'm kind of curious how you only lost three loss games in this in this conference because this conference was just ripe to be a much worse kind of run this season. Yeah, and you know, you look at like teams like Denison, um, they're young, they're on the younger side. Um, so that's exciting to look forward for them and to know that our conference is going to stay competitive. And then you've got like veteran teams with uh, Oberlin and Ohio Wesleyan. Um, so they brought it to us the past few years. And, you know, I think that once you play these teams the first time and then you get to the second round as well, we all know each other like the back of our hands by the time the conference tournament comes around. So I think to to end up tying for the first place spot for the regular season was really exciting, especially with all the competition that we had to play against. Interesting enough, losses to Dennis and Ohio Wesleyan and Oberlin, who you made up with at the back end of it, because after back-to-back games with Worcester, you beat Dennis and Ohio Wesleyan in the conference tournament, kind of avenging what happened yeah. last year. That had to have been a huge relief for all of you to get that conference title and just punch the ticket automatically. Definitely. And that was the first time that my class has actually won a conference tournament. So to actually get over that hump and get to cut down the nets that night and all the fun things that went into it, it was really, really bittersweet. We had a great time, like having fun in the locker room afterwards. Um, Obviously it was a battle two nights in a row and we just look at it and we executed our scouts pretty well. We won the rebounding game, which was huge. And yeah, I mean, it was it was the best outcome we could have hoped for. How does that tournament help you for the NCAs? You're playing on back to back nights. I'm assuming that's that's instrumental in helping you get ready for this weekend and if you're lucky enough next weekend as well. Absolutely. Like the second half of the year we're playing conference games on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And we get in this routine where we have, you know, a game and then practice, practice game, rest day kind of thing. And for that conference tournament to end so competitively in those back-to-back days, I think especially with the two games, like I said, being so tough and down to the wire where you had to play like a lot of minutes where we weren't used to that for a while, it was very helpful knowing that we're going to do the same thing from here on out. You lead the team in scoring at 11.8 points a game, shoot 37% from the floor and beyond the arc, 78% from the free throw line. Uh, lead the team in, in assists at 2.9 per contest. I guess you like to share the ball. Uh, 48 steals as well to lead the team. But I know it's it's not just the, the hassle show. Uh, Riley Mont is double figures in scoring. Then a little bit of a drop-off, but you have a whole mess of players at six points or, or five to six points a game, and Boris and Alan McGinley, uh, Berger and Hunzinger. Tell me a little bit about this team uh, that you've gotten to know so well and that you've got to execute with on the floor. The exciting part about this team is any night anyone is going to show up and be that spark plug that we need. 
So there's been, like you said, multiple times where, you know, Riley's gone off or um, Lily Huntsinger's gone off, just different nights that those people show up against the teams that we've played and really just compete. And we all like to compete, obviously. And if they're on, we try to go back to them as much as we can and stay with that. Um, So it's really fun to play that way just because it's not just one or two people that have to contribute and take the team on their back. We really can count on each and every one of us to help us get the win. Listen, no one's listening at home. I've been telling everybody this all the time. So who do you not like to pass the ball to? You can tell us. It's okay. No, really. I, I like to pass it to everyone. We sometimes say that we don't like to pass. Us guards don't like to pass into the post, but we've definitely gotten better with that as the as the season's gone on this year. We are Coach Huffman. <laughs> we yeah, that's what I had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> hey, Ava, yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself. What's because what I think is interesting is we're talking to you as a junior. Your entire team is anything but a senior. You got what one senior in this class in in Lydia Stulkin. Everybody else is juniors and sophomores. On another team, I'd say you're building towards next year. This is just a great learning opportunity. It's a Chris Huffman team. There's no, you know, everything's about this year. So I know that's not the case, but that is what's scary is you all essentially come back next year. So tell me a little bit about yourself and and what got you to DePaul. So I have a pretty interesting um, recruiting process story. I hadn't ever heard of DePaul before getting recruited by Coach Huffman and Coach Bourne. I was playing in Indy. It was basically where all of the the tournaments were held after COVID. And this was for travel ball. And uh, the coaches told me this after the fact. So uh, I'm from a smaller town in Ohio. And like I said, I was playing there. They sat down at my game and realized it was the wrong game. And they were a little too tired to get up by the end of the day. And, you know, so they just sit down. They're like, fine, we'll just watch for a second. And um, I catch their eye, I guess. And so they, they kind of flip their schedule, catch more of my games that weekend. And then the following weekend, I tried to get here just to walk around on campus because it's pretty close to Indy. And then I ended up coming on a visit and now I'm here. So it's, it's one of my favorite stories to tell just because it shows that I'm really at the right place and it's a great fit. You know, Ava, I had the exact same recruiting. No, I did not. I not even remotely close. We didn't have travel ball back then. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. And and listen, you do hear that. You hear stories every once in a while. Coaches going to go see an ex player, and all of a sudden somebody else is playing on the floor. They're like, wait a minute, what about this individual over here? Uh, it just goes to show you that. Well, it goes to show you a lot of things, but in my opinion, it goes to show you. And I'm trying to teach these to my my son. People are watching you at any point in time. You never know who's keeping an eye out. And yeah. thus, you're at Chris Huffman and DePaul. Though I am curious, what kind of research did you immediately do on Chris Huffman, DePaul, and the women's basketball program? And I'm curious what 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 kind of triggered in your mind about you what you learned. Well, coming here and just seeing the campus in general, I mean, I looked more at the school first. And then um, I was obviously wanting to go to a smaller school. I went to a smaller high school growing up. So the D3 level really caught my eye and the, the smaller campus caught my eye. I didn't see myself at a bigger state school. But then, you know, looking at the program, you see the 2013 national championship, the 2007 national championship, the 20 plus years of making it to the NCAA tournament and the conference titles that we've like accomplished in the past years. So you obviously, you know, you look at coach and you see the program she's built 
And then when you get to talk to them, you hear what kind of play style they play like and the defensive style, and it all pretty much matched how I have played or how I've enjoyed playing in my life. Talking to Ava Hassel, the head the head coach. I'm so used to saying head coach. A junior guard for the DePaul women's basketball team. Chris Huffman's going to call me in a minute and say, she can be coach if she wants. <laughs> um, you, were a, you were one of a, a number of first-team selections on the NCAC showing your, you know, your skill set and what you meant to this program and what you meant to this conference. What does that mean to you when coaches around the league say, yeah, you're, you're one of the best in this league? I mean, it's honestly a huge privilege just to get named to that honor. Um, and it speaks volumes like we were talking about with the amount of competitive players and teams in this conference. So I'm, I'm very proud of it, but I also think that, you know, I wouldn't be, playing at this level if it wasn't for the team I get to play with every single day that's pushing me to be better and we always push each other to be better. The coaches obviously help with that tremendously. So I'm really happy about it, but I mean it speaks just highly about our program in general. Got Berea coming up next. What do you know about him? So we've been doing some scouting obviously the past couple of days and in our practices. Uh they've got a great forward inside who we're gonna need to limit you know, her touches as best as we can, but then, you know, they go four out. They've got really quick guards that we're going to have to keep in front of us. Um, they run some different presses and different zone defenses that we've been trying to match up against, but, you know, we're really excited to just be here in general and get to host it. So we're looking forward to tomorrow night's game against them. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything of a surprise for the announcements for you all, it might've been the fact that you were hosting that that got announced. Uh, we'll talk about who's on the other side in a moment, but what did that mean to all of you to understand that you get to be at home for these potential two games in the opening round of the tournament? Oh, it was awesome. We were watching the selection show all together and you know, you see us all light up when we, when we see, sorry that. about that. no, <laughs> And we see our name pop up and, you know, we saw that one coming after the, um, you know, automatic bid. But then it took us a second. We all see the asterisks by our name and we all just light up. And it was really funny to just see us all like take that second to realize it. And then it was it was awesome. We weren't expecting it. Like you said, it was a huge surprise. But, you know, it's nice that we get to be here and, you know, sleep in our own beds and have this weekend where our parents get to join us and, you know, stuff like that. That's very, very helpful. Um, two coaches with 700 plus wins in their careers are going to be in that gym. Um, definitely Friday, maybe Saturday, your own coach and Chris Huffman, the other side for hope it's going to be, uh, uh, coach Morehouse. I'm curious, do you appreciate what coach Huffman has, has done with women's basketball what it's done with this program, or is that something you appreciate over time as you become more and more involved with this program? I think it's definitely something that I've appreciated more over time. In general, I think I've grown in my relationship with Coach Huffman. Um, one, being a point guard, it happens pretty fast no matter what grade you're in. But I think over the years, it's really become more evident that, you know, there's a there's a mutual trust there that I really appreciate in her. And, you know, I give that trust right back to her. And I think if we all just buy into what she's built, you know, we can trust her incredibly and She's done great things for this program, for the school, two national championships, all these streaks that she's been on, and I have the utmost respect for her, and it's only grown since I've been here. 
All right, we got done with the part that she paid you to say, so let's now talk about what you really want to say about Coach Hoffman. Again, no one's listening. It's just you and me. Tell us the truth. It, I really, I can't say anything oh, else. I, that's Come on. That's all I've got. I'm Is she sorry. in the no, room? Blink twice. No. I'm watching. Darn. Okay. No, Chris Chris is great. We love her. There's been great coaches at DePaul, and she has been certainly one of them. Uh, hey, quick pivot, uh, student-athlete, student-first. What is your major? I am a philosophy major on a pre-law route, so I plan on going to law school after I graduate here next year. Philosophy with pre-law. Listen, I got a lot of law in the background in my family, so I get that. The philosophy side seems to counteract that a little bit how do those two marriage well so being at DePaul with the liberal arts school we have like not just the set pre-law pre-med um business route so you know coming out of this uh, uh institution you can really major in anything and go on to different grad schools or go on to a career in really anything I chose philosophy just because I I was intrigued after I took the first intro class I saw some pathways that they show on different grad school um, applications and such that some of these classes really help with people who have gone on to law school after. So I kind of just followed in the footsteps and foundations that other people have left. Um, and, I, you know, I throw in some like econ classes, some political science, some psychology classes. But that's the, the art of being at a school like this. You can take all these different classes that are so important. But I just thought philosophy would be the, the best foundation for that as one who went to a liberal arts college i concur uh, that's what i love the most about it um yeah. that said and i know we're way down the road here your focus is on this weekend i can appreciate that but what do you hope to do it with pre-law and law school that you want to do as you move on that philosophy may be playing a role here i think just like thinking deeper and this aspect of just being able to you know learn the history there's some classes that are about the like history of the law um different philosophers who have came up with the foundations of like history and just the law in general and all the the ethical side of things um looking down the road i want to do probably more of the corporate side of things or you know it'd be really cool to be a sports agent which i think just i love sports i think staying in the realm of sports would be awesome and just to represent different athletes, I think would be really, really cool. But I want to expose myself to the most I can during this undergraduate time and then definitely during law school just to see where my interests lie. Well, obviously, the most important part is this weekend. You got to get past Berea on Friday and then get past whomever on Saturday if you so are lucky to do so. Um, congratulations. Tremendous season. And obviously, getting a chance to host means a lot. I know um, you guys will fight hard, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the games play out. So good luck to your team. Good luck to Coach Huffman. And again, you anything you want to say about Coach Huffman since she's not in the room? I mean, you're welcome to. This is a safe place. I got it all out. All right. Fine. I guess we'll let um, – anything about your SID, Bill? You want to talk about Bill? No. No? I, oh, okay. he's great. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, he's great. He set, he set us up with this, so I'm – thankful for him and everything that he does he's in the so. room again isn't he he's in the room no i promise <laughs> i'm he's kidding great. people i love there um hey congratulations again we have a tradition on this show though we always give the last word to the guest any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in no i just want to say thanks for having me obviously this was really fun to do and just 
have this exposure. Thanks for all your coverage. Um, obviously, I can speak on behalf of my team. We're really excited to be here. And these are the moments that I, I wanted to choose D3 to be a part of, to have these this atmosphere and all this coverage and play the competitive basketball that I've been blessed to play against. So thank you so much, and go Tigers. Well said. Great promo for D3, too. Well said. Why D3? Ava, good luck. Thank you for coming on. So You're always invited on anytime you want in the future, and we'll look forward to catching up with you. Sounds great. Thank you. Ava Hassel joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Great to connect with her. Coach Huffman again, and and Brian Morehouse, two 700-plus win programs, uh, our coaches sitting there in the same gym, potentially playing each other on Saturday. That is just bonkers in itself. But that's a young team for DePaul, if you really think about it, what their potential to do next year is incredible. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this weekend plays out. I don't think you can pick a team coming out of that weekend necessarily who will make it out. Uh, there's no there's no guarantees. Uh, even Berea and Wisconsin Lutheran are going to be tough little tests uh, there in uh, at DePaul. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will switch gears, talk men's basketball. Carnegie Mellon's head coach, Tony Wingen, joins us to talk about the Tartans and getting into the NCAA tournament themselves. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. Back with more after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school, you primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. to stop sexual assault in any way that we can to get a friend home safe to never blame the victim it's on us to stand up to make our community safe for all it's on us it's on us to look out for each other at parties it's on us to be more than just a bystander to step up and say something it's on us all of us to to stop stop sexual sexual assault assault. learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer. At every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, 
Keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Ah, unmute myself. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. Hope you are enjoying it. Great conversation so far. We got more to come. We got coming up Carnegie Mellon's men's coach. I realized at the start of the show, I didn't mention who we had on. That's my problem. I forgot to tell you, everybody, that we had tonight. Um, so we just already heard from Scott Bittner from Stockton. We've heard from Kim Wagers at Concordia Moorhead. Uh, now we've heard from Ava Hassel at DePaul. Next up, Tony Wingen from Carnegie Mellons joining us. Walter Pascal, uh, Flannery O'Connor, and Gwen Carpenter from Framingham State coming up. And then Josh Allen from Claremont Mud Scripps. And by the way, now that I realize I said all those, I did tell you at the beginning of the show. That's that little illness going through. My brain is shut down. All right, so Carnegie Mellon, uh, men's basketball into the tournament with a really strong conference play alone. Uh, I think a lot of people um, wondered if they had a strong enough resume. Heck, they were kind of in in line there for a little while for some craziness that they could have walked themselves into a conference title game. Um, Case Western and NYU finished the top 10-4, and four, but thanks to Carnegie Mellon, Case Western got the title. Because, well, Carnegie Mellon's pretty good. They finished tied for third with Wash U. All four of those teams in the tournament. And so joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Tony Wingen, the head coach of the aforementioned Tartans of Carnegie Mellon. First and foremost, Coach, uh, we'll get to a little bit of the season as it were. But congratulations. First time since 2009 that this program is in the NCAA tournament. And I feel like for a couple of years, this was kind of knocking on the door that this is where we thought this program would be it just kept coming up short yep uh and and yeah last year for sure um we were we were right there and then just kind of slipped at the end and uh but it, it's great to be back in the tournament um you know 2009 too long ago um but now <laughs> no longer so uh, it's great to be back and uh um you know th this is kind of a culminating uh feature to a really fun season yeah I, we'll get to that it, i want to dive back a little bit i feel like there was a point pre-covid oh let's say 2016 17 18 area 
you and I weren't talking because I didn't want to bother you, but I kept getting these, hey, you know, Tony may only have another year. He may be good for this. This is, he's probably, you know, he's going to retire. They got the other guys they're going to bring in and such. And you kept weathering it out. But to your credit, you get to this part of it. The program is singing. You look great. I'm kind of glad all these little speculations and rumors I were hearing were not coming to fruition. Were you ever at a point where you were going to give this up? No. <laughs> no, fair. No, no. All speculation and rumors, <laughs> which is why no one saw any reporting on that part from me. Yeah. FYI, um, no, I'm I'm closer to the end of the tunnel than the beginning. But uh, but no, I'm I'm having a lot of fun, and this is uh, uh, no, this is great. Tell me about this season again. Um, start the year, gangbusters, winning seven of the first eight. The only loss to Penn State, Barron. I'm sure you'd love to get that one back. Lost by 10 on the road to them. You beat uh, Hamilton and St. John Fisher, Denison, Whitworth, and Whitman. We'll talk about that trip in mm-hmm. a moment. Um, then you, uh, let's see, right at the beginning of January or December, I'm sorry, you were up at Middlebury where you beat Hamilton. You lost to Bowden. And yeah. then things kind of came a little unglued there for a bit of course you also had a huge break for the holidays yep good start rough middle what was the difference in the two yeah um you know i i i think maybe that that long stretch of uh time off may may have hurt us a little bit um you know the 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 bowden loss i think for sure took a little air out of our uh our sails and uh um, and, and we just kind of, I don't know if we got complacent or, um, I, I don't know what it was, but we kind of lost our way there a little bit and, uh, and we were able to kind of hit the reset button for the start of, uh, start of UAA play. Um, and, and then had, you know, had a, had a couple of big wins right away over Case and NYU and, uh, and, and we really, we, we've really shown a lot of resilience this year uh, and have had uh, had to come back from some tough losses uh, a few times during the year. And uh, the the second half of UAA play, we've really just taken the approach of just one game at a time. And uh, and and the guys have really embraced that. And uh, and I guess, you know, what what better time of year than the NCAA tournament to have that mentality? Right. Where, hey, it's one at a time. And uh and it's something we've been doing for uh, you know for about the last four weeks. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. So you know you get that start again, losing only one in the opening eight, and then you hit a stretch where you win, you go four and three and seven, and you include the wins over Case Western and NYU in there. You got a win over Brand, uh, Rochester, but a loss to Brandeis, for example, a loss yeah. to. Ithaca, for example. Then you hit another rough stretch where you guys lost four of five. Yeah, Washu Chicago, Washu Chicago. It was the it was the brutal turnaround yep. in the yep. in the schedule, and you only got one out of there. I'll I'll admit, Tony, right about that point, I thought, no, this season everybody thought Carnegie's going to have is just not going to materialize. They can't recover from this, and you go win four straight, including another win over NYU. You sweep the darn violence. Yeah. You talk about one game at a time, but there had to have been a mental switch somewhere. Well, uh, yeah, and I and I think it was just a um, we said, hey, look, that we're going to hit the reset button because even with those that string of losses, we weren't that far out of the UAA title race. Um, you know, the, the league was so balanced, 
that, um, you know, even after those losses, we were still only a couple of games out of first place. And, uh, and, you, and you go, well, look, we've got games with, against people who are ahead of us. So let, let, again, let's take them one game at a time and, uh, and see if we can't string some together. And, and we did, um, and, and had some, uh, I, I think some real resilience within games as well. Where uh, you, you know, and basketball is a game of runs, you know. And uh, for instance, the NYU game down there, um, we I think we built two double-digit leads, and they're just so good offensively that those those leads evaporated <laughs> within a two or three-minute run, and we were able to bounce back and put another run together ourselves and and develop another lead, and so. Um, you know, we've had that that really strong mindset within the course of games as well, um, and I think I think we've gotten better defensively as the year went along. Um, you know, offensively, I think we've um, we've become a little more balanced, where we've got a little better inside game um, to go along with our you know our dynamic playmakers and uh, and all on the perimeter. Um, so it's. Uh, it's just been a it's been a fun run and a, and a fun development process. I'm very curious how in the world you get two wins over NYU and they've got a guy like Spencer Friedman who seems to run the show. I think there's a lot of people, especially who have to play NYU maybe this weekend, who are trying to figure out how you all did it. What was the secret? <laughs> well, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if I, I can really go into any specifics other than that um we we have some individual defenders on our team that that rise to a challenge and uh and we we were able to make it tough on Spencer a couple of times and uh um and Anthony Mazio is another really great point guard in our league at Case Western and uh and you know we were able to make it hard for him for uh for two games as well and uh so I, you know, I think we've got some guys who just rise to a challenge, and uh, uh, you know, I think we we've got some schemes that we that we employ that I think are pretty good too. And uh, uh, Pat Martinelli, my top assistant, does all of our scouting reports and uh, does our defensive game planning, and he's uh, you know he's always crunching stats and you know watching film and breaking things down and. Uh, and he, he really does a great job with uh, with our defensive schemes. Looking at your team and the UAA, UAA, as you mentioned, we mentioned Friedman, you mentioned Mazio, and there's certainly been others where it's been a bit of the transfer rule. The guys mm-hmm. have come into a place like Case or NYU or somewhere else, and they bring a lot of talent with them, taking advantage of the grad opportunity to them. Hats off. You know, that's that's not a tough decision. It's not a cheap decision to pull that off and we've seen it on the women's side as well yours is a bit more of a old school you you've got a couple of sophomores kind of leading the way along with yeah. seniors justin allen yep. a sophomore at 22 points a game jack stone a senior at 13 uh bucky Desjardins, uh, a sophomore at 12 points a game and rj holmes a senior at 12 points a game and there's juniors after them is it just the nature of the school the nature of the program that the the transfer thing hasn't kind of come in and gobbled you guys up and tell me yeah, a little bit about these underclassmen. Yeah. It, uh, I, and to your, your question, I, yes, we're, 
um, we're we're just not in a in a position from an admissions perspective uh, where we can um, you know control graduate transfer recruiting and things like that. So um, we we really have stayed with the you know the idea of just recruiting players and developing them and uh, uh, and and I think that's something that we've kind of fostered over the years. Um, our, our upperclassmen do a wonderful job of mentoring the young players, um, not just as basketball players, but as students and, uh, uh, and people. And, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned this to a lot of people our, and our guys love to recruit. They, um, you know, we bring a, a guy on campus for his official visit and, uh, and, you know, guys are pretty competitive about, you know, I want to host this guy. Um, and I want to be involved with him. And, uh, um, and it's, it's just something that's kind of, kind of been passed down over the years. And, uh, uh, we have a, a very big alumni reunion weekend in February that, uh, we'll get close to 50 alums back. And, uh, and that mentoring, uh, goes on between the alums and our current players as well. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a, uh, a, a program thing, I guess. And, uh, sure. Um, and, you know, all of our guys uh, are, are very, uh, they're, they're very driven as students and they're also very driven as basketball players. And they're, they're completely willing to do the extra work uh, to, to develop their skills. And, uh, uh, and, and again, my assistant coaches do a great job with that as well. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just something. the The attitude is there, and the and the willingness is there to uh, to improve and get better. And uh, uh, and and I think we've done a, a decent job of bringing really good, competitive, talented players into the program uh, year after year as well. And uh, uh, and and that's gone on for several years in a row now. So I think we're we're starting to kind of see the. Uh, uh, see the, the the product there from that well tell me a little bit about the guys then that we do you do have uh at the table um in justin allen and jack stone and the rest what how, what makes them click what makes them work so well together et cetera, et cetera. yeah um so justin allen is a gym rat and is a he is a workout guy um when when he had his official visit um he and his mom and, and he nearly committed to us. And then he did shortly after that. Um, but my assistant and I were walking back to the, uh, to the office and, and Dave said, Hey, check this out. And we look over and there's Justin's mom sitting in the stands of the football field. And Justin's running a sprint workout on the football field before he gets in the car to drive home to Westchester County. Um, and that's just the way he operates. And uh, uh, and he has he has gotten better as a basketball player, uh, not only from the beginning of his his high school senior year when we recruited him and offered him, to the end of his senior year in high school, and then he started 23 games as a as a freshman, and I I think he's even better this year, and uh, uh, he's just a he's a gym rat, um, he's a high level playmaker. Um, and uh, and his scoring ability is uh, has shown this year. 
Um, Jack Stone is another one of those guys that he's a you know he's a he's a gym rat. He's a he's a big shot maker. Um, you know he uh, he hit the winning three against Emory uh, at our place uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was just you know we're we're just going to go. We're going to push it. And Jack got the ball and he pushed it down the left side and, and uh, pulled up from three, drained it. Uh, and it, it really was with no hesitation at all. And uh, uh, so he's just, uh, he's another one who's just a, a really dynamic playmaker. Uh, and then the third, the third playmaker there is uh, in the starting lineup is RJ Holmes. Um, and RJ's, RJ's leadership on this team has really shown. Um, you know, he he went through a stretch as a young player where he was our leading scorer and he had he had a forty three point game as a sophomore, um, and now he is uh, really settled into being the captain of our team, being our top rebounder, um, being a clutch free throw shooter at the end of the game, uh, and and just being a really solid mentor for uh, for our younger players. And, uh, you know, he's maybe geared his game back a little bit, but has been a little been more productive as a result. Uh, and then our other sophomore, he mentioned Buckley Desjardins. Uh, you know, Buck is a Buck's a big time shot maker. He's a he's a catch and shoot guy and uh, uh, is capable of of hitting, you know, consecutive threes and uh, and having some big games as well. I was watching some of the highlights while you were talking there that we got from your sports information department. And what also stood out to me is you guys are aggressive on defense. You don't sit back and let it come to you. You went, you go out there, you block shots, you're going after rebounds, you're going after and making things difficult though. It's still high scoring games this weekend. You've got, um, sorry, I'm blanking. There we are. Rowan, of course, who is kind of similar in some ways in the sense that they like to kind of go with their offense and see if they can just, have enough stops to slow everybody down. Yep. Is that what you see? What do you expect in this first round game? Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be a fun game. Um, you know, they are uh, a, a traditional NCAA team. Uh, you know, a former former national champion. Uh, so it's it's fun to get that kind of a matchup in the first round. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, I think it's going to be it'll be up tempo. Um, it's not something that we're unfamiliar with. Um, uh, you know, I think throughout UAA play, we've developed an ability to play play a little slower if we need to, um, but we're we're certainly not uh, not afraid to go up tempo if uh, if that's the way the game is being played. You're playing, of course, we should point out at Catholic in Washington D.C. You guys have had a little bit of travel. Um, I, we mentioned it a little bit. You were out west to, to play Whitworth in Whitman. At the start of the season, you were in Vermont to take on Hamilton and Bowden. You obviously have the UAA schedule for those who are somehow not familiar. You know, Chicago, St. Louis, Atlanta, Rochester, New York, and Boston, on top of maybe a trip to Cleveland uh, for to take on a rival. Right. Um, you guys have certainly got your frequent flyer miles and bus miles under you. Your hotel points are accumulated pretty well as well. Yep. How does that prepare you for a trip like this? Yeah, it, uh, uh, you know, you just, uh, well, give you a funny, so we, we opened up with LaRoche on, uh, November 8th, I guess it was, 
and got back on campus. And uh, the next morning, a bus picked us up at 4 a.m. to drive to the airport to catch a flight to Washington State. And that was one of those, you know, a week, a week before that, a week before that, the guys were like, hey, coach, what's the travel plan for uh, for Washington? And I said, uh, don't worry about it. We'll we'll talk about that later. And so beginning of that week, I clued him in that that's what we were doing. And uh, and I, I joked with uh, Kim Kelly, our associate AD, who makes our, our travel arrangements. I said, you know, he probably shouldn't let me do this again in the future. Although, if we come home and we're 3-0, and this is what we do. This, this is just flat out what we do. <laughs> no. Yeah, six um, days later, lose a Baron. Are you are you yeah, still sold yeah. on that? Yeah, but um, but no, that was uh, so that was a trip to play two tournament level teams, um, you know, on a, a big road trip, you know, all the way across the country, and uh, and we we played very well, and uh, and I think I think started to get the get the sense that hey, we can play with anybody, and. Uh, uh, and and then that just kind of continued on, and um, you know, you mentioned the the Penn State Baron loss. Um, you know, Dave Nyland does a great job at Penn State Baron, and and they are always, you know, well, heck, if they they were in the championship game against Laroche, if they'd won, they'd be in the tournament. Um, and so they're you know they're they're right there in the Allegheny Mountain Conference every year. So it's a it's a good game for us to play. It's a good rivalry. They're always well prepared, um, and gives us a chance to play against a little different style too, because they tend to be a little more uh, a little more controlled. Um, and, and then you mentioned the UAA Challenge with uh, the NESCAC, and that that was a great experience and has been for the last two years. So um, you know, I I think you need to get out and challenge yourself in the non-conference schedule um in order to really prepare for for uaa play and uh and i know i'm not the only one i think most of our our coaches in the uaa have that same that same sentiment interesting enough you had only one series of games that were back to back that was at uaa nescac challenge up at middlebury todd mcginnis uh after last year's tournament um preached openly especially with us that he wanted as many back-to-back games to the point that a d3 hoops classic he said no i want back-to-back games because again the uaa due to the travel you don't have the back-to-backs you got a day off day day for travel in between um you got the one can you use that coming up with what you'll have potentially as back-to-back should you get past round one yeah i i yes i i think so um and and the uh, you know I understand Todd's point, um, and and I may have a mindset change down the road too. But um, I've always tried to set my non-conference schedule to mimic UAA weekends, where you know where we would have a a game a day and a game, and uh, and if you can play two at home that way or two two on the road that way, even better. And we and we presented that to the team that. Uh, Hey, here's the way that why the schedule is set that way, and it's going to help prepare us for uh, for UAA weekends even better. Um, so, uh, you know, but I may I may change my mind and or try and 
set it up a little differently, but, um, uh, you know, that's kind of the philosophy that I've used up until now. And, uh, but to your, your question, I, you know, I think, yeah, we're, uh, I think we're, we're prepared for, a for a two day run if we're, if we're fortunate enough to, to have that available to us. And I hope we will, but, uh, um, you know, I think our experiences that we've had throughout the season are, uh, have prepared us well for, for the challenges that are here. Can you dare look ahead at what Catholic or the Lancers of Worcester State could present? One game at a time. <laughs> I know. I, I, so, I knew what the risk was asking it. Yep. No, we, uh, uh, no, there, there, there's always a sneak peek. Um, not for our players. The coaches will take a sneak peek. Um, and, uh, you know, and we'll, but we, we got to get past the first round and, and, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully that will, uh, you know, that can, that can happen. Well, Tony, I appreciate the time you gave us. I know you got to get ready now for a three fifteen yep. game against Rowan yep. on Friday at the Dufour center yep. in yep. Catholic, uh, at Catholic in Washington, DC. Thanks for your time. Great to yeah, hear you from bet. you. Great to have and you if on. I, if I could, I just, you know, yes. I mentioned some player, I mentioned, mentioned some guys earlier, um, you know, and I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Aiden Boer, who's our uh, our point guard, junior point guard, who, you know, his his leadership and his development have have just continued to grow throughout the year. Um, and then Aiden Murphy, who's been a key uh, key sub for us for the last three years, really. Um, you know, just a, a really good three point shooter and rebounder and responsible defender. Um, and then our uh, our three-headed monster at the five spot, uh, our three juniors, uh, Nolan Casey, Jonathan Milloway, and Lucas Pavlunas, um, their their play has gotten better and better as the season's gone along as well. And uh, uh, to the point where we we have a true inside threat now uh, to go along with our, our perimeter playmakers. So it's... Uh, uh, again, it's been a fun year. Uh, it's been fun to see the the development and uh, you know the way our our young guys who maybe haven't gotten enough playing time this year or, or as much as they'd like, but they bring it every day in practice and uh, and that that's helped us to 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 get through this tough schedule that we played throughout the year. That's been impressive. That's for sure. Uh, we always give the guests the final word. You want to leave it on that? Um. You don't. You don't have to add more if you don't want to. It's a yeah, pretty good um, one. Well, I heard uh, the the player from DePaul. Uh, so we have something. We go Tartans. Perfect. So let, it's a great day to be a Tartan. So go Tartans. Hey, it's it's it is a good day to be a Tartan. Congratulations, seriously. Great man. to have you back in the tournament, Tony. Uh, great to chat with you as always. Look forward to catching up with you down the road. Enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll be talking about you on Monday. Outside chance. Maybe I get there on Saturday if you're still playing. We'll see. Okay. But in the meantime, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank for you, Coach. Tony right. Wingen joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Great to talk about the Tartans of Carnegie Mellon. And uh, listen, that's another bonkers fun weekend uh, in D.C. If you are anywhere near the DeForest Center in Catholic, go check those games out. 315 is the start on Friday with uh, Carnegie Mellon and Rowan. We'll take a break. When we come back, a wonderful conversation with Framingham State women's basketball. It was a blast to talk to them earlier today. We'll talk to them coming up. You're listening to Hoops, so presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios.
The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Cal. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this Thursday tournament preview show, a reminder, Ryan Scott and the rest of the D3 Hoops group has put up its tournament preview. It's on the front of D3Hoops.com. You can check that one out. Um, that's the men's preview, of course. Women's preview will be get posted, I believe, tomorrow. Occidental with a great conversation, or maybe later tonight. Occidental, great article on the website as well. Don't call it a turnaround, it's called. Riley Zayas with a great article about the Stevens Ducks. And we also have an article about the TCNJ Lions with more to come this week. Um, switching gears, talking women's basketball, we head up to Framingham State and had a wonderful conversation earlier today with Walter Pascal, the head coach there. Remember, they were at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas as well this week. Well, that conversation included a couple of student-athletes, including one who showed up a little bit later, and we found out there might be a bit of a roommate rivalry going on, both on the floor and off of it. It is a conversation that was worth every single minute of it today. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the duo from the Rams. They're competing for earbuds as we speak. It's Coast Pascal, Walter Pascal, and Gwendolyn Carpenter from the Framingham State Rams. First and foremost, 
congratulations on making the tournament great to have you on the show i really appreciate it coach uh, i know you're pretty proud of your program this is a big moment for you guys to to be once again in the tournament yeah oh first of all thanks for having us uh, you guys do a great job yeah no we're we're super excited um with these kids what they did all year um nobody saw this really coming uh we we thought we'd be okay but not 24 and 2 okay um they did a great job and you know as a coach you're always worried about when that shoe is not going to fit anymore and you always wait for the bottom to fall out and it really never did we had a, a tough game down in bridgewater um in in january but ever since then they've answered the bell and played really good basketball some tough basketball and um got us here uh, Gwen, obviously, big goal to try and be in the NCAA tournament every year to win the conference championship every year. Those are, those are kind of par for the course goals for this program. It's the third time into the NCAA tournament. What's it mean uh, coming off of another conference title as well? I mean, it's so awesome, and it's it's such a great experience, and it's the reason that I that I went to Framingham State and to have that opportunity every single year um, has been pretty special and. You know, since since I've been here five years ago, <laughs> um, we we've kind of set the standard that this is the way we do things here, and, and we expect to win a conference title every year, um, and, and make an NCAA appearance, and you know, hopefully get an NCAA win in there. Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about Scranton in a moment, uh, and and where you guys are right now. I know that place somewhat well. In the meantime, let's talk about the two losses because I think it's interesting. You come out to the D3Hoops.com Classic. Thank you very much. We always love having you. Uh, and you take on Westminster and get an easy win to start. Uh, I believe you started the entire event for us, if, I'm, if memory serves. Um, and then you had Trinity, Texas, who was trying to find themselves, trying to figure some things out. That turned out to be a battle for you guys and them. 73-74 uh, the finish. Gwen, I'll start with you. Is that the kind of game that kind of helped you guys understand what the rest of the season was going to be like, but more importantly, what you're going to have to do if you wanted to be an NCAA tournament team? Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a great game. It was a very physical game. It was probably the most physical guard game that I've played in in my four years. Um, they pressed us a lot of the game as well, so that was good preparation for our conference games. Um, but they were a really tough team. And, you know, I, I think there were times in that game that we didn't play very well. Um, so it, it was definitely a good game, and they're a very good team. Um, but we grew we grew it after that loss as well. Coach, from your perspective, what did, it, what did that game mean? Uh, I'm going to get to the Bridgewater game in a bit, but what did, what did that game kind of help you guys do that maybe the Westminster game wasn't going to be helpful in, in accomplishing? Well, it showed us that we could play against really good teams. Uh, I think we were down four going into the fourth quarter. I think we had it to four with two minutes to go, and then they hit a three. Um, I think they're still shooting threes and making them on us. They had like 18 of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty good. Obviously, a great coach. He's a great guy. The team, they're really good. I'm glad to see them back in the NCAA tournament again. Um, so it was just really good. Again, as we talked, the tournament's awesome down there. Um the location is great, and it just gave us, you know, fuel to uh, get ready for the second semester. Yes, you had fuel, but you also then stumbled coming out of that trip. You got the win over Westfield State, and then you went to Bridgewater State on the 6th of January and lost by nine. 
that's the kind of thing that can maybe frustrate some teams. That can be the kind of thing that can galvanize. By the looks of it, it galvanized, Coach. It galvanizes. We weren't – and Bridgewater is very good, and I told you that at, at um, the tournament that Bridgewater does a great job, and those kids are uh, the defending champs, and it was going to be tough. What we didn't know was one of our kids actually had mono. Um, she's right over here. Let me introduce you to her. Keep quick. her away. But she had um, mono. And not that that hit me. We lost. We, we lost, and they did a great job. But uh, she was diagnosed a week later that she was in her fourth week of mono. Um, so luckily, she didn't miss any other time. Um, and she got back. She got stronger and stronger, so it helped us. But, no, at Bridgewater, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, tough thing to do. And um, But we got better after that. Uh, we got healthier after that. Um, and it just helped us each week to get better at them. To some degree, lucky it didn't get through the rest of the team. That can be the thing that can really make things tough. I've, I, I had another team that had dealt with that around that time, too. We all we all thought mono was the big one, right? Before COVID hit, we always worried about mono <laughs> right, right, going right, through right, a team. Right. Nowadays, I'm like, oh, it's mono. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No big deal. Um, no big deal. Quentin, from your perspective, is that the kind of game against Bridgewater State? Yes, you know they're tough. They're going to give you a hard game. But coming off of what you learned against Trinity, is that kind of, you know, two losses in three games, that can be kind of like, oh, what are we doing? This isn't working. That can be a little frustrating in the locker room. Yeah, it definitely was a frustrating game. Um, you know, I, we couldn't have played worse <laughs> to put it nicely. Um, we did not play well at all in that game. Um, and, you know, obviously in the moment it was frustrating, but we also knew that that wasn't us and that was not the way that we normally play basketball. Um, and, you know, never in that time frame did I, did I think we were headed in the wrong direction. We came back the next week and, and took care of business and kind of found ourselves again. And, and we've been trending in the right direction since that. So. Um, I think we figured it out. The, yeah. the two super seniors have lost four league games in four years. Uh, the first two years, they went undefeated. Um, and then we stumbled a little bit last year at home. And this year, we didn't stumble. The kids went undefeated at home. And that was huge playing Bridgewater at home on Saturday. Um, yeah. Bridgewater, like I said, is a different animal. So uh, it worked out well for them. Well, you you played him at home at the end of January and, and just got past him by one, but then you played him in the conference title game and got past him by 12. Obviously, you could have really made some things a little bit wonky going into into Monday, so you know, took care of that. Um, I don't I don't think we would have got in, but I, I'm glad we didn't have to find out. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm glad we don't have to discuss whether you thought you would or would not have gotten in. You're in. We don't need to dwell on a right. what if that is just exactly. not fi- possible. Um, Gwen, player of the year, we should point out in the MASCAC, uh, I remember watching you play in Vegas and I thought to myself, oh man, this, this player, and I think I said it on air, uh, at least when you were wearing your white, um, um, sliding, uh, things on your knees slash shins, knee pads, yeah, knee pads, whatever. <laughs> they didn't look like they were covering your knees very well. Um, I made a, a comment. I don't know if, if coach knows who I'm referring to, but it reminded me of, uh, Ashley Marble to some degree, former Southern Maine um star now she was a forward but she kind of made those things famous you're you're willing to dive everywhere you're willing to go for it i think sometimes you think the basketball court's a volleyball court <laughs> yeah well that's why i wear the knee pads so i can right? dive everywhere <laughs> um i assume they're a necessity you you probably got banged up enough that you realized that you needed to wear theirs you weren't going to change your style no i've had those things since probably fifth and sixth grade basketball so i 
I, I get a new pair every year, but I've had I've had the knee pads since then, and they've saved me a, a bunch of times. It's okay. I wore the same shin guards for like six, seven years. It's all good, <laughs> Coach. Are you trying to hurt my feelings? You know, no. we, uh, Fitchburg lost in the semi semifinals to actually Marble. I'm not talking Fitchburg here. I'm, not, I'm talking a friend. No, I know, but we put we played actually Marble at Fitchburg. Oh, I know. When I was the coach at Fitchburg, yeah. it was a little subtle. I was, was having quiet. a good time until then, Dave. I was having a good Sorry. time. Sorry. Sorry. Well, if it makes player. you feel better, everybody lost to Ashley Marble. This is true. This is true. <laughs> we had a seven point lead with six minutes to go, and then. Um, Ashley Marble took over. <laughs> I was going to say, Ashley said, enough of this. <laughs> right. Go, go away. Go away. Gwen, what does it mean to be named player of the year in the conference and, and to stand out amongst your peers uh, as as being what they feel, especially the coaches, as the best player in the conference uh, going you know, from this past season? We lost you, Dave. You got yep. Pros for yep. Second. I'll edit that later. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, we may keep it in. It's just too good. Uh, Gwen, what does it mean for you to be named uh, Conference Player of the Year, be honored by the coaches, especially for, for what you did this season uh, among your peers? I mean, it's a really, really awesome honor, um, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, you know, I think it really goes – to say how well we played together as a team this year. Um, I'm not the player or person I am without the coaches or my teammates. Um, and, you know, I love to pass the ball. And in order to get assists, you need someone who's going to finish it. And, and I've got plenty of those on the court with me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a really cool honor. Um, but it also says a lot about the the team and, and the year we've had. Dave, I'm Go ahead, uh, coach. Um, uh, she would have a hundred more assists if this kid made the first layups all the time. So I, I'm going to pass it over to Flannery for a second, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead, bring Flannery in. We'll do this, Gwen. While we got while we bring Flannery in, uh, Gwen, I got to ask. Uh, Seven point four point uh, assists per game is insane. Apparently, you'd have more if she would hit layups. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> we we've been roommates since our sophomore year, so I think she just does it to get back at me sometimes. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, so what's the dynamic there then? Is this is this revenge, Flannery, or is this, uh, <laughs> or do you get back and Gwen's like, "What are you doing, man? I'm trying to go. I'm trying to help." Yeah, uh, she uh, left the light on too many times when I was trying to sleep. I guess maybe that's what it was. <laughs> a oh. unique way to get revenge. Yeah. That is a hell of a way to get revenge. I can just see you just blowing a layup and looking back and going, lights, turn them off. Remember, yep. I'm watching your, I'm going to watch early on in the game coming up on Friday, just in case. Yeah. Uh, Flannery, first team, all conference. All three of you, uh, or you two, both uh, first teamers. Kelsey uh, Yell, a second teamer. What's this season been like, Flannery? We've been talking to to Gwen about the fact that obviously the the trip to Vegas was certainly instrumental, and, and Bridgewater was a big game to try and kind of get focused again. But what's been, this, Flannery? What's the season been like? You've only had two losses. That's staggering. Yeah. Um. Honestly, it's it's been incredible, like to say the least. I feel like we've kind of really gathered ourselves this year. Um. The chemistry that we have on the court is kind of undeniable. So. I mean, it's been a lot of fun playing, and I, I hope we can keep going. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. All right, so I see a lot of blue behind you two. I know where we are. 
Actually, it's purple. It's purple. Purple. Yeah. I'm, I'm colorblind, and I'm Scranton's in my alma mater's conference, so I don't like to give them that much respect. Okay, fair. I'm kidding, Dave Martin and everybody else. You know I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, you're at Scranton. A bit of a haul to get there. You're playing in the first round. Second time the programs have ever faced one another in general. There's a lot of unknowns here. Um, first and foremost, let's start for the basics. Uh, Flannery, when did you guys get on the road, and when did you get there? Um, we got on the road about, I want to say nine, the bus was supposed to leave at eight 30. We had a little bit of car trouble. So we got around nine and then we got here. What? One 30 ish. Yeah. That's not bad. That's good. Not travel. Too bad. Yeah. No, not bad at all. Um, all right. What do, what do you expect? I know you're going to have practice here shortly. What are you all expecting, uh, to, to work on? What do you think of Scranton? What do you guys ex- expect to be in this game? What do you think you have to do to pull off a victory? I mean, they're they're definitely a very good team, very very big, very physical. Um, you know, we we always like to say though, it doesn't really matter who we're playing as long as we play our basketball, um, we're gonna be all right. And so, you know, we're gonna work on our stuff and play our basketball and have fun with it. And you know, anything can happen at that point. Yeah, it's true. Flattery, we're talking. Yeah, it's a tournament, right? Yeah. Uh, Flannery, we were talking earlier that Trinity might have been the most physical team you all have played, at least especially guard play. Is that something you're going to go into the well and remember as you take on this Scranton team, speaking of physicality? Oh, for sure. Um, I know Gwen said the guards were really physical. They're, They're physical. They had a couple of good bigs as well. So it was definitely, uh, I, I know we left with a couple of bruises here and there, but um, yeah, I think that's something to remember. Uh, you know, we we kind of we were in that game for a long time, so I think playing the way we played there and hopefully a little bit better, uh, and remembering that against this team to kind of help us hopefully pave the way for the rest of our time here. Yeah, I was gonna say you want to be there for one more game. Certainly, you don't want to be yeah. heading home uh, yeah. from Scranton, uh, even if it is a famous show. Was semi <laughs> my favorite show. Film. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. My I was trepidatiously walking into that. So a little surreal <laughs> to know that there was some outdoor scene shot there while the rest was all shot in California. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm walking around. I'm like, I think I've seen this before. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, you haven't. I'm like, no, you haven't. I know I have. <laughs> no, there was a palm tree in that shot. It, it, yeah, it, it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> when, what does it mean though? Again, two losses. You, you guys are kind of brought this Rams program to a place I'd argue it's never been. We've always talked about you all. We've seen you. We've certainly been competitive. Three MASCAC titles, I think, in four years. It's not like this is unchartered territory to some degree, but this might be the best team you all have had, Flannery. Does that does that add pressure, or is that something you all are enjoying? I think it's something we're all enjoying. I mean, we, we, we're where we are for a reason. I, I think um, knowing that we've had such a, such a successful season – will give us some more confidence to keep playing and take on big teams like Scranton. So yeah, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Gwen, your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course we've had a really special uh, last, last year here in our careers. And um, you know, we both chose to come back and play a fifth year for a reason. Um, we always we joke, but COVID was the best thing that happened to us because it did give us another year. Um, and you know, we went into the season not really knowing what to expect. We had a tough ending of the of the season last year. Um, and, you know, I think we really found ourselves this year and we really enjoyed playing together. And the chemistry on and off the court this year has been just so much fun and we've really enjoyed it. And it's it's really been an awesome ending to our careers. Um, but we're not done yet. 
No, I hear you. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this matchup. There are a lot of people who I think are discounting you and some other teams. And, and I'm like, eh. Don't count us out yet. No, <laughs> yep. I've seen this team play. Uh, hey, listen, coaches can't hear you, right? So, um, right, he's gone. We, we've lost coach. Great. Yes. Uh, so tell us the secrets. Let's, let's hear about <laughs> Coach Pascal. What do we need to know so, about them? No, yes, no, please. No, no one's listening. It's just us. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's the, the best. best. He really is. Yeah. He brought both of us here. And we always say everything. You end up where you end up for a reason. Um, we both ended up at Framingham State for a reason. And, you know, we always talk about that while we are here to win games, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, we're here to make friends that we'll have for the rest of our lives. We're here to make memories that we'll have for the rest of our lives. And I think, you know, he does a really good job of reinforcing that and would do anything for any of us. So um, we really, we owe a lot to him. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to add, Flannery? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your roommate took uh, no. the, took all that, so I'd let you I know. have some. Like, what am I supposed to say after that? <laughs> um, no, she she's right on the money. Like, he's he's the one who brought us all here. He's the one who told us from the beginning, these are going to be your best friends. Um, let's be really good at basketball, but also let's make some memories together. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing it all for us. So we, we can't be any more grateful than we are. You guys seem really loose and and happy and relaxed. Uh, I know that the game's tomorrow. Obviously, there's a change here, but there, <laughs> you seem very comfortable. That's got to be a big benefit coming into this one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, uh, we, we've played in a lot of big spots and, you know, we 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 do remember the the highs and the lows, but I, I don't think we get too stressed. I don't I don't get too stressed. Lana, I do bit. get very stressed, but <laughs> I, the, I like to ground her. But yeah, um, no, it's it's all it all comes with experience, and we like we we called ourselves the grandmas of the team. Um, but we we have had a lot of experience, and I think that that shows. Yeah. You skipped right past moms and went to grandma. And we're, I mean, we're just oh, the grandmothers. Yeah, yep. my, my nickname since sophomore year has been grandma. So <laughs> it, it's it's fitting. I've got the gray hair. I don't see any on YouTube. And not yet, not yet. I'm just saying. Hey, by the way, you might be relaxed. You might be chill. But I have seen you two flip the switch on the oh, yeah. on the floor. Mm, I wouldn't call you. Uh, I wouldn't want to run into you in a dark corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Might hurt some people. Where does that mentality come, Flannery? Um, honestly, once we get on the court together, it's kind of just like, all right, it's business. Like, we're here to win. We're here to win. <laughs> but we're also like having fun while we're doing it, and I think that just makes it like ten times more intense and like so much more fun. So, and when we're doing good, when we're on a run, we're like, all right, <laughs> nobody can get past us right now. So that's that's something that we like to like to do i get it i'm just saying i've i've seen the the, the dagger looks maybe it's oh, on yeah. missed layups i'm not really sure could be in on the missed layups <laughs> hey i know you got to get to practice so you're probably trying to avoid it i, I understand that is coach even <laughs> in the area because I, I need yeah, he's, coach he's there or no yeah we can grab him you want us to grab him okay so here's what we're going to do we're going to get a final word from you and then you're going to go grab him and then we're going to get okay. a final word from him perfect sound good so we always have the tradition Final, the guests get the final word. So we're going to have to, we're managing this. We'll start with you, Flannery, Gwen, then you, and then, and then we'll go get coach. All right, go Flannery. It's going to be a two word. You, you know, final words. Any thought you have, you don't final have to be words, one word. Final no, 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 your final thoughts. Um, I know I was a little very, too specific. Very excited for our game tomorrow. And um, 
I'm ready to make some history with my Rams. Well said. Gwen, good luck. <laughs> um, same same thing. We're we're just thankful to be here and you know, we've had an awesome year, but but we're excited for what's still to come. Um, roll Rams always. Very well said. <laughs> All right. Now you gotta get go coach and right. we'll get his thoughts. Hey, good, good <laughs> luck. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. That is uh <clears throat> The player of the year and first team members of the of the of the Mass Cac and uh, Framingdale say that is Gwen Carpenter and Flannery O'Connor. Coach, welcome back. Uh, you dangerous move there to put the ladies on and then walk away. I could have gotten some real dirty details from them. <laughs> you know, they are two of the best kids. You get basketball, and I say this about a lot of our kids over the years. But they're two of the they're two of the best kids in the country. But they're just great, great young ladies who are going to do great things and um they're just the nicest kids and i've been fortunate we got lucky uh recruiting them um everything happens for a reason but they're just great and um i can't say enough good things about them so that's uh, awesome still still a line from the wizard of oz when um when uh dorothy says to, to the scarecrow i think i'll miss you the most or something like that. I think I'll miss these two, you know, the most. Um, they're just great kids and have given me a lot of uh, fun over the last four years. A lot of headaches here and there, but a lot of fun as well. As well. So. You, what you need to do is figure out if any of them have, have frustrated each other in their room the night before, because apparently that might have to do something with these missed layups. Uh, well, Flynn likes to do that, but I, I tell you, like, Two seasons ago, last season, whatever. These they're best friends, but during practice, they'll bicker and they'll just throw you. They'll just go at each other, and then it's all said and done. And that doesn't surprise me. Oh, that's just no. The way it is, that seems you know? that seems about right for two good friends. Right, uh, just funny. Quickly before we let you go, your thoughts on Scranton and what you guys have ahead of you. The the, the ladies certainly thought that the Trinity game will kind of equate here with Scranton's physicality. They're, they're very good. Uh, one of the somehow they were fifth, fifth slash six this week in the in the polls, something like that. Um, I don't want to say we're just happy to be here, but over the years, you know, each year we beat somebody that was not supposed to beat. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I know the kids will show up and play hard. That I do know. But um, over the years, we they walk out of our gym usually go, "What just happened?" Um, but these kids, you know. I'm happy for them. This is a great experience for them. I know tomorrow night, uh, Scranton's very good. The place will be packed for the Scranton people. And um, we're going to come and play hard and have some fun. Well, I think Trinity taught us all that you guys can certainly go toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the country. Even if Trinity isn't ranked in right. the same level, they're usually ranked. We, As you said, Cam Hill's a pretty good coach. Uh, hey, I know you got to go into practice. Uh, the ladies probably would like you to not, but I, I've got to let you go. Um I appreciate thank, your time. No, thank you. I appreciate everything, all the kind words, and thank you for anything. This is, you know, it's, this is a whole experience for everybody, uh, coaches too. So I do really appreciate all this stuff, and um, thank you again for everything. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. I figured that would be your final word. If not, we got the final word from the ladies. Um, good luck. Enjoy. Look forward to seeing how you all play out. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. Take care. Thank you. That's the cast Bye-bye. and crew of the Rams here on the Hoops Live. Great conversation there with Framingham State. Excuse me, my voice is starting to lose it a little bit here tonight. 
<clears throat> wonderful conversation. Flannery and Gwen are a duo. We should have known about their comedy. We would have had them on more often. They were terrific. Um, too bad they're seniors. Listen, I'm going to say it now, Scranton fans. You have been warned. You may not come out of that weekend. I think that is a tough weekend of games in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Look forward to seeing how they all play out. We'll take a break. When we come back, we head out to the West Coast. We'll talk Skyak with uh, Claremont Mudscripts' Josh Angle. He returns to the show. You might have remembered him in the marathon last season. We talk about the near miss last year, more about uh, them getting to the tournament this year. And did you know his mom was playing collegiate basketball a month after he was born? And no, she wasn't in her early 20s. You got to hear this story. It is awesome. Coming up. We talked to Josh Angle from Claremont Mud Scripts. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. As we continue to roll along our penultimate segment, we're going to talk to Josh Angle from Claremont Mud Scripts here in a moment. Then afterward, we'll wrap things up. I'll quickly go through the brackets, kind of give you a sense of who I think might be coming out of the first weekend. Um, though I am not making my Final Four picks, just so you know. That just isn't something we do on the show anymore. Um, I haven't done it in a long time, in fact. If you got questions for us, you want to email us or find us on social media or whatever, you're welcome to email us at hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can join us on Twitter and elsewhere at d3hoopsville. We're also, fa- also on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville, and on uh, YouTube, d- youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. We're live simulcasting the show for everybody who is interested. I want to thank everybody who tuned into our Sunday and Monday programs, certainly two of our biggest, and we certainly appreciate it. All right, let's pivot. Talk the stags of Claremont Mud Scripts into the bat, into the tournament for the first time since 2018. Though a program in the last couple of years we thought was going to already be there, coming up short. Last year we talked to Josh Angle, uh, their j- then senior guard, who gave us good insight on the stags. Well, this time out we got to talk to Josh once again. He's a graduate student now. We got to talk to him about the team. Got to talk about winning the Skyac. What's it like to play out in a pod that is made up of California teams? First time I, I lost track of how long it's been. We'll, by the end of this, have an update on that. 
And definitely tune in for the story about his mom playing basketball a month after he was born. Great conversation earlier today. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline from California, it is Josh Angle, the graduate guard for Claremont Mud Scripps Conference's quote-unquote athlete of the year. Josh, uh, we've had you before, so thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on the at-large, or not the at-large, the automatic bid, getting the uh, the Skyac Championship. We were talking just before we recorded how this was a little bit of a, a more comfortable weekend for you all. Yeah, definitely. Last couple of years, we've been on the bubble, and particularly last year. Uh, we're right on the cut line, and after a lot of bid thieves went through, ended up not making the tournament. So there's really a goal of our group this year to win the AQ, and lucky to pull it off last weekend yeah well that's it, it's important to to win it as they say and it's a lot easier to enjoy your sunday and monday knowing your name is going to be called uh that had to been the best part of it you guys got to enjoy the show per se by just getting to watch where you might head i am genuinely curious though what was the reaction like when you realized we're staying in socal yeah i mean we all got together got to do a watch party for the selection show which is a great experience and then when we found out we were staying, staying in SoCal, it was, I mean, I think for the most part, we were all pretty happy about it. Playing at a place that we played twice this season already and get to sleep in our own beds for an extra night. And so, yeah, I think all in all, it's a, a positive outcome and definitely excited for the weekend. Travel just a wee bit easier uh, when you get to stay in the area. How, how curious, how far is the trip to Kalu? Well, it depends on LA traffic. So we're, yes, we're of east course. of LA. Kind of lose west of LA out in Thousand Oaks. So depending on what time of day you leave, it can probably be anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to three hours if you catch really bad LA traffic right there. So I understand. Baltimore, Washington, similar, different, but I get the point. I could I could be down to one of my jobs in an hour in the DC area, or it's gonna take me three. Uh, west of LA, by the way, for folks wondering, yes, there is a west of LA. Um Listen, great season. This this conference was crazy. I think for a lot of us, and I'd, I'd love to get your take uh, as an athlete, but a lot of us, we had our eyes on Pomona Pitzer. We had our eyes on you guys. We thought Redlands at one point, about a third of the way through the season, was kind of making a run. Cal Lou kind of snuck up and rolled past everybody this season and got to the top of the conference. What was it like in conference? Did you guys expect Cal Lou to be tough? Did you what, what were you expecting when you went into the season? Yeah, we definitely knew Kalu would be tough, and they won the conference tournament last year, returned pretty much all of their players, and got a couple additions as well that were really impactful. So going into the year, knew they would be good, knew Pomona would be good, knew Redlands would be good. Chapman got a couple of transfers and returned a lot of their key players, knew they would be good. Occidental was a really solid team this year. So it was a really good conference and a lot of really good competition across the board. So it made our experience and having to play a lot of different teams who play a lot of different styles really helped us grow throughout the season. And so all in all, yeah, I think it's probably the strongest kayak that I played in since my time here and um, a really good experience throughout the year. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, we saw Pomona Pitzer, obviously. We even saw Laverne out in Vegas. I thought Laverne would be more competitive. They were a good team when we saw them. And Pomona goes 0 for 2 here uh, in Vegas. I walked away going, geez, I mean, that's a team that could win the conference. This, this race is worth watching. From your perspective as a graduate student, how big an impact was that for everybody, including yourself, your team, and everybody else, that you have these players who still have this extra year 
older, got all that experience. What, what kind of dynamic was that? Well, I certainly think it helped us. I mean, from our team, I came back, did a grad year, our starting center. He was all conference the last two years, Rhett Carter. He came back and we caught a, a couple of really high impact grad transfers in Will King from Colby College and then CJ Jones from Boston U. And so it was interesting with Red and I coming back. A lot of people just had this assumption that we were a really experienced team bringing a lot back, but we have a lot of new pieces that we've incorporated into the lineup this year and that. I think you've seen throughout the course of this year, we've really grown as a group together. I mean, including Reed Jones, Will Household, there are a couple of freshmen who have come in and made immediate impacts. And so all in all, having the grad year has definitely been a great experience for me. And I think for our team, it's helped us, yeah, like you said, have have some of that big game experience and just be mature in those important moments. Certainly made a dynamic, uh, fun watch for us on the East Coast. I'm a late guy anyway, so watching some of those West Coast games, it was just a little bit more fun than normal. But it's also going to be nerve-wracking because you all know from your experience that there's a lot on the line on almost every game out there that it can dictate what will or will not be your, your resume. And so even a game in early January, you got to realize has got a lot on the line. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, for us this season, I think it kind of ironically, we realized pretty early that we just hadn't put ourselves in a good spot for a potential at-large bid. I, I vividly remember having a, a conversation back in December, really, with one of my co-captains, Stuart McCallum. And we started the year two and four. We dropped four straight, um, including one to Trinity in Texas, came back, played a tournament at our place, dropped both of those, and then lost to Chapman on the road. And basically, we looked at each other and just like, well, yeah, we probably won't get in that large bid unless we essentially run the table from the beginning of December until the Skyac Championship game. And so it was a blessing and a curse. I think it allowed us to really lock in and say, we're going to get in. It's going to be through winning the conference tournament. Um, and even though we didn't put ourselves in a great spot for that large selection, I think it was ultimately kind of a unifying force among the team and knowing at the end of this, we just got to win two games. And that's what's going to get us into the tournament or not. Obviously, winning the AQ was huge, but did you also feel the game against Pomona Pitzer in the semis was going to maybe kind of dictate your future to some degree? Not really. I think we knew for sure that the team who lost wouldn't get in. Um, But from our perspective, and I'll talk about Stu again. Stu's our resident D3 Hoops expert. So I mean, nice. future future top twenty five voter. If I could, if I could put him in that, sounds spot. good but, to me. Um, yeah. So he's he's really tuned in on it. I've been really keyed on it in the past, but really when when it came out that Redlands was regionally ranked in that first, I think it was week one or week two, that gave us two extra regionally ranked wins. And so we we're looking at it like, okay, our resume is competitive. Um, but then Redlands drops out, get replaced by Mary Harden Baylor, and I think that week three. From that point on, we just knew, all right, our resume is not going to be good enough. It's got to be the AQ. So while the game against Pomona was certainly win or go home, um, I didn't think once we got out of it, I still think we were looking at it like we got to win the next one at Kalu to get in. That's great insight. I appreciate it. And listen, we'll we'll let uh, Pat know that maybe we have another out, uh, West Coast voter potentially. Maybe I've got a, a future uh, selection show guy we could we can bring on. Uh, as we Absolutely. try and change things up and make it look, maybe we'll have like a full pan of 10 someday. Um, <laughs> listen, last year, 
you guys had a lot of promise. It didn't quite gain the traction. You guys had a lot of bumps along the way. I, I felt like you all thought you'd be in this spot last year, and it didn't happen. I, I realize to some degree it's relief that you're here now, but was it a bit of a redemption tour? Were you guys trying to make sure to prove this is the team we have, this is our last chance at it per se? It's not really a last chance, but you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year got bit by the entry bug and like I mentioned, just missed out on potentially getting that large bid. And so this year it was certainly a goal of ours to make the tournament and kind of get that redemption. And I think, as I mean, as we discussed earlier, might have probably wouldn't have gotten an at large bid, but there's there's definitely an irony in us being a quote unquote bid thief out there for going through last year being on the bubble and have bid thief mania. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely thankful that we were able to get it done this year. You personally certainly have had an amazing career. Broke the uh, school record for three pointers made. I believe you're at a couple over that now. Got a chance to extend that mark. Uh, and you've made certainly a huge impact uh, for this, I was going to say institution. Obviously, it's three institutions, and you got a rival across the street that's got two more institutions. It's the wacky we always talk about with the conglomerate. But what's it mean to you for the for what you've done with this program and helped it get to here, set some records, and been such a, a mainstay for it? Um, it means a lot. And honestly, just getting the, the Skag Tournament Championship is um, really something that I've been chasing for the last four years, kind of like we talked about, never made the tournament before. And so that was something that we collectively were chasing this entire season. So to see it come to fruition was just an incredible feeling. And for me, like just thankful that I had the opportunity to come to this program, thankful that Coach Scow recruited me here and I've had a great experience so far and hoping to continue it. Should also point you out, you're fifth in the scoring list could move up to third with just 20 points anytime in the next game two or six uh in the ncaa tournament um scoring record according to your uh sports information director who has no is nearby says probably out of reach unless you score 30 points a game but still you're leaving a mark for this program uh we talked a little bit about it last year as well this is this has been near and dear to your heart as you mentioned just a moment ago and and now you guys are playing in the tournament since the first time since 2018 I have a feeling your name and, and several others are going to go down the history books a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for us getting to come back. Sorry about that, folks. We uh, apparently had a little bit of a glitch there with the computer and lost it in the middle of our conversation with uh, with Josh Angle. So what we're going to do is we're going to call up the, about where I think we were in in that interview and return it we may repeat some of the questions or whatnot but we'll get back to that conversation that he and i were having earlier today and then we'll wrap up the show on the other side because this will count as a break those of you listen to the podcast you have no idea what happened because i've just edited around it this is the one camera that's up and running though i'll double check if there's another one that can maybe resurrect itself but in the meantime back to our conversation with uh josh angle apologize to everybody out there um i know we've lost everybody on facebook we're not going to get that back up and running but in the meantime here we are with Josh. Yeah. You personally certainly have had an amazing career, broke the uh, school record for three pointers made. I believe you're at a couple over that now, got a chance to extend that mark. Uh, and you've made certainly a huge impact uh, for this, I was going to say institution. Obviously, it's three institutions, and you got a rival across the street that's got two more institutions. It's the wacky we always talk about with the conglomerate. But 
what's it mean to you for the for what you've done with this program and helped it get to here, set some records, and been such a, a mainstay for it? Um, it means a lot, and honestly, just getting the, the Sky Tournament Championship is um, really something that I've been chasing for the last four years. Kind of like we talked about, never made the tournament before, and so that was something that we collectively were chasing this entire season. So to see it come to fruition was just an incredible feeling. And for me, like just thankful that I had the opportunity to come to this program, thankful that Coach Scow recruited me here and I've had a great experience so far and hoping to continue it. Should also point you out your fifth in the scoring list could move up to third with just 20 points anytime in the next game, two or six uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um, scoring record, according to your uh, sports information director, who has no is nearby, says probably out of reach unless you score 30 points a game. But still, you're leaving a mark for this program. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last year as well. This is this has been near and dear to your heart, as you mentioned just a moment ago. And, and now you guys are playing in the tournament since the first time since 2018. I have a feeling your name and, and several others are going to go down the history books a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for us getting to come back after that game at Cal Lutheran and just look up at the banner that's had nothing on there since 2018 and recognize that we're going to be able to put a 2024 on there and Roberts Pavilion is definitely an experience that I'll remember and I think one that a lot of the guys will remember too. You're taking on St. Thomas, who I mistakenly on the select, uh, bracket show mentioned you had played earlier that season. Somehow I got my seasons messed up. You had played them last season and got a win at home. Now you'll play them again at Cal Lou. Not sure how much is the same or how much is different with that St. Thomas team from your perspective. I know you guys have scouted the heck out of them. What are you expecting? I think it's just going to be a tough physical game. I mean, last year... They came into our place. They they got us actually by by five. Um and just but yeah, I mean a good team, well coached team. They play a lot of guys, have really good top end talent and talent across the board. And so expecting a, a physical game. I mean, that's another really strong region ten opponent. And so we always know as a California school that we'll likely run into a Texas school if we make the tournament. And so coming right around the corner here and excited to play them. Now, the difference is you get to enjoy your home cooking instead of enjoying Texas cooking. I don't know which is better for you, if you've gotten tired of SoCal food or not, but uh, that at least it's your bed, right? Yeah, at least it's our pick. And we, we made a trip out to Texas to play Trinity and Southwestern and got our fair share of Texas barbecue. Unfortunately, left one and one. And so maybe uh, having some home cooking will leave us with a better result. There you go. That's 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 the right mentality for sure. Um, you've scouted them already. You you looked at them. What do you? Is there a team that you've played this season, maybe even in conference play, that you can equate to what St. Thomas will bring to the table? There's not a great one to one comparison, to be honest. I think on the offensive end, they they're a really strong dribble drive team, looking to get downhill, which we've kind of looked at as shades of Redlands on that end. Um, but just a lot of talented guys defensively. They really pressure the ball in the half court and try to force you to keep it on one side, which I'm not sure if that really fits anyone directly that we played one to one. But kind of elements of teams that we've seen in the past, just piecing together in different ways. You talked about your teammates a little bit earlier. Kalen Jones, second on the team in scoring behind you at 13 points a game. Rhett Carter at 13 as well. Will. Uh, House Holter, a freshman at ten and a half. James Fry, a sophomore at seven and a half. Give us a little bit more details on who these guys are, 
what they bring to the table, what what kind of uh, um, assets they are to you when when you're coming down the floor, or you're looking, or they've got you double teamed. Yeah, so I guess I'll just go in the order that you presented them. Starting first with CJ, um, as I mentioned earlier, grad transfer from Boston U, and just he's brought a lot of great things on both ends of the court, like really good score, kind of at all three levels, can get to the rim, score in the mid range, and knock down shooter. And then on the defensive end, he's been a really valuable asset to us kind of since the start of the season. Really have challenged him to um, not step up, but sort of take on like the other team's primary scorer at times. And I think he's handled it really well. And then Rhett, just physical force in the paint. It's been great playing with him for the last four years because as a guard, there's nothing better than having a big man that you can just throw it into and get 15 points a game from Um so we've, yeah, I mean, he's been great. He's also really taking the challenge on the defensive end. We've asked him to kind of guard in situations that he hasn't had to in the past, just kind of with how our schemes progressed over the year. And I think he's really risen to the occasion. Um, next, you mentioned Will Householder just really stepped up as a freshman. I mean, hasn't, didn't play in probably the first three or four games and, um, stepped up when we needed him to and has been an invaluable piece of the roster and piece of the team ever since. I think his his confidence and just how he takes care of the ball can get clean looks and his his passion for the game has been really infectious for us this year. And then yeah, fifth starter is uh Will King, who I mentioned grad transfer from Colby and just really high IQ player, gets into the paint, great looks for others, really solid on both ends and uh candidly my roommate, so couldn't speak more highly of him. There you go. Well done, because you're going to have to go back to the room eventually and have to face him. <laughs> he may be watching this by the time you get there. A um, couple of personal thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you're from the Oregon area. The Lake Lake Oswego is just outside Portland. Uh, beautiful area. If anybody doesn't know, my sister got married in that area. Um, curiosity, though, I, reading your bio, your mother played junior college basketball for two years. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Except when you continue to read, see, it was at age 37 and 38 after completing her medical degree and her residency in pediatrics after giving birth to you. So basketball's really in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, one of my favorite stories, and I'm sure she'll blush a little bit that we're talking about it now. But Perfect. Yeah. Um, so she, when she was pregnant with me, so basically, okay, she would wanted to play basketball in college, just went to undergrad uh, to pursue pre-med. Ultimately, as you mentioned, went the med school route, became a pediatrician. But then when she was pregnant with me, was just poking around on the internet and realized she still had athletic eligibility because she had just never used it and still had the love for hoops. And basically, after she gave birth to me, realized that Mount Hood Community College, which at the time was kind of the local JUCO that was probably up the street from our house, had like an open women's basketball team tryout and this time it was painful i'd be 12 13 14 years old losing to my mom and horse and didn't really sit well with my middle school ego at the time but um certainly made me who i am and definitely was something that you know when i was come thinking about coming back and doing this grad year i was like mom come on like you went back and played like you get it um but anyway yeah definitely made me like her um, her presence, her competitiveness definitely really formative for me and kind of made me who I am. 
That was just a brilliant story. Uh, that is awesome. Congrats to your mom, more importantly, but congrats to you guys as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you took advantage of the graduate year. You you get this extra year. You got this extra chance. But it is unfortunately coming to an end, Josh. What is the future for you? What are, you, what are your plans? I, you have another year of graduate school, I'm suspecting, or, or how is this all working for you? Um, I'm, so I'm doing a one-year grad program, so I'll be done come May. I'm hoping to continue playing basketball if I can go pursue some opportunities if I can find them overseas or try to continue playing basketball while I still can. And in the long term, interested in working somewhere in the world of finance, but in the short term, hoping to keep playing. I just love it. So, oh, brilliant stuff. Well, congratulations again on getting this program back to the NCAA tournament. I know it's been uh, an important thing for this team and something I know everybody wanted to do. Coach, of course, for Coach Scalamini and. And, and the program. So congrats on that. Good luck this weekend. We'll certainly be, enjoy watching. You guys have the nightcaps both nights, so that'll be fun for all of us. In the meantime, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Not Nothing off the top of my head, but thank you for having me on, and, and go Sags. Well said. Hey, Josh, thanks for your time. Take care. Good luck down the road, and we'll talk to you maybe sometime in the future. Josh Engel joining us from SoCal and Claremont Mud Scripps as they get ready to take on St. Thomas in the first round of the tournament. Great conversation with him. Again, sorry for the interruption there. Not sure what happened. We got back up and running with a new computer. Not a new computer, new boot. Uh, and we're back here. So if you listen to the podcast, you've maybe heard some of that interview over again. Apologies for that. If you are listening to it live, thanks for tuning in. If you listen to the po- uh, archive, I can't fix the archive to delete that section. So is what it is but great conversation with josh angle i'm not going to take a break because we're much later than i thought we were going to be at this point great conversations with so many people here that i just want to get going to be honest with you i am worn out voices worn out i need my voice tomorrow night and saturday i think maybe sunday i don't even know what i'm doing on sunday and obviously we're back here monday at um seven or at seven o'clock on monday i actually curious what am i doing on sunday uh it's son of the fourth don't rush yourself oh no i gotta i need my voice on the fourth as well um <clears throat> with that in mind uh let's take a look at the tournaments i'll give you an idea who i think or what we might come out of here um oh quick update um i don't think southern california's actually hosted a pod at all um i went back to 2000 and all i could find for southern california were single off games for men's teams before heading off to like Whitworth or Whitman or uh, some other location, or they were just sent out of, out of state anyway. Uh, so the last time, listen, there have been a handful of times, 2004, 2006, 2008, and 2011, um, that I easily found there might be others where, well, no, I think that's it, where two California teams or a California team played somebody in the first round but then traveled somewhere. So in 04, for example, Pomona Pitzer hosted a game before traveling to Puget Sound for the second round. 2006, Oxy and Claremont played each other before heading to Puget Sound for the second round. 2008, Pomona Pitzer was at Oxy before heading to Whitworth. In 2011, Redlands was at Chat- Chapman before heading off to Whitworth. Um and in 2011, uh, 2010 as well, two, two uh, SoCal teams played each other before heading off to Whitworth. So I this may be the very first full-on pod in men's basketball at the Division Three level being played in SoCal um, where you're sending in two teams to uh, advance on after the weekend. So uh, that's pretty noteworthy. 
um, and pretty impressive, to say the least. All right, so let's go to the men's bracket. Uh, we'll start in the upper left. Hamden, Sydney's Hochin, LaRoche, Stevens, and Farmingdale State. I like Stevens and Farmingdale State a lot in this one. I don't think LaRoche can be overlooked. But let's be honest, you're at Hamden, Sydney. Hamden, Sydney's a top team. They're being treated as a top team. I think it'd be more surprising they don't come out of the weekend. Rowan, Carnegie Mellon, Catholic, and Worcester State. I think this one's wide open. If the right Rowan team shows up, they're going to walk their way through this weekend. Carnegie Mellon could do the exact same thing, and Catholic's a little undersung. They could walk through. It'd be a bit of a surprise if Worcester State, who I think's competitive, but I think it'd be a surprise if Worcester State uh, wins the first round or comes out of this this weekend. If I had to pick one, I might go with Carnegie Mellon just for the, the challenge that they have in the UAA. But Rowan is a high-powered offense, and Catholics one of probably the deeper benches you'll see in Division Three. So I think anybody could come out of that one. St. Thomas against Claremont Mud Scripps and Whitworth at Cal Lutheran in uh, SoCal. Um, man, I like a lot of things in this group. Um, I like the SoCal teams primarily. Uh, let's just go with the home team, Cal Lutheran, here. But I could see Claremont Mud Scripps winning this. I could see maybe St. Thomas coming out. Uh, no knock on the Pirates of Whitworth. I just don't think they're as battle-tested as the rest of these guys are. Uh, Nebraska Wesleyan playing Centenary. Uh, Texas Dallas at Trinity, Texas. Um, listen, Trinity, Texas is the team. Nebraska Wesleyan's on a roll. I think it comes down to the two of them in the second round. If Trinity, Texas is as good as we saw the team out there in uh, Las Vegas, they'll come out of the weekend. Uh, then you got Widener hosting Roger Williams with Christopher Newport and Hobart on the other side. I think Widener comes out of here. I think Christopher Newport's just a, enough banged up and don't have the, the uh, options, especially inside, and I think Widener will come out of here. Um, Oswego's hosting Babson with DeSales and Williams on the other side. This is no easy one for Oswego at all. Uh, this is an easy one for either a DeSales or a Williams team to come out of this. I think Oswego's got the best chance at it if my second pick would be Williams. Uh, Eastern and TCNJ with Keene State hosting Marymount. Uh, Keene State should win this. Plain and simple. They need to come out of this weekend. They've got the best opportunity here. Eastern certainly can play well. TCNJ has got some size that could give Keene State a hard time. And Marymount is a, is a challenging team. But Keene State, if they're as good as advertised, they, need, they will come out of the weekend. Hood is playing Penn State Harrisburg at Guilford, and Barry is playing Guilford. Guilford should come out of this, but Hood, I think, is your wild card in this group. Actually, no, it's not. It's Penn State Harrisburg. There's a very good chance the Lions could really spoil some days and come out of this weekend. Guilford should be the winner, but man, Penn State Harrisburg's the one to watch. Uh, upper right, Case Western Reserve playing the Flying Squirrels of Baldwin Wallace, or the Fighting Squirrels, what is it? Uh, with Hope and Anderson on the other side. Case Western should come out of this, but the way Hope has been playing t basketball at the end of the season, you certainly got to like the Dutchman. Uh, Anderson, of course, the former. Uh, their coach is the former Hope basketball player and assistant coach nice little game there but case western should come out of this weekend um platteville is hosting bethany lutheran with loris and gustavus adolphus on the other side uh, if i'm if 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 platteville has trouble with stevens point they're going to may have trouble with bethany lutheran with gustavus and loris on the other end i kind of i, I kind of like loris um i i I think this is an upset pod. I don't think the host comes out of here. Let's go with Loris, okay? Um, Trine and Fontbon is uh, Trine's hosting Fontbon with Co and Wabash on the other side. I really like Trine. I think they've been been a sneaky good team this season. Uh, I see Trine coming out of that one. Dubuque is playing Illinois College at WashU, where Wisconsin Lutheran is playing 
Wash U. Uh, this is another Wisconsin Lutheran team that could easily knock off Wash U. So I'm going to go a wild card here. I'm going to go Illinois College coming out of that grouping. Randolph-Macon is playing host to Baruch with St. Joseph and Geneva on the other side. I feel bad for John Lacey's squad going up against the Yellow Jackets. Uh, I think it's Yellow Jackets all the way, though St. Joseph, Con- Connecticut, certainly playing very good basketball. just don't think they've got the uh, firepower to go up against the Yellow Jackets. Calvin and Elmer's is somehow controversial game at John Carroll where SUNY New Paltz is sitting as well. Uh, if John Carroll is as good as they claim they are and as good as we have seen them play in the past, John Carroll should come out of it. But I actually think it'll be Calvin who comes out of this weekend. Um, just a sneaky suspicion. Virginia Wesleyan and Swarthmore is at Trinity, Connecticut, and Utica is at Trinity, Connecticut. Um, I like the way Swarthmore is playing right now. I'm going to pick Swarthmore in the first round. Trinity, Connecticut's a really good team, but Utica's the kind of team that can spoil your day. That's going to be a tight one. And I'm going to go crazy here and pick Swarthmore coming out of the weekend. Uh, Tufts and Stockton with Husson at NYU. Uh, Tufts is going to win the first one. Sorry, Stockton. I just think they've got too much um, options on the Tufts squad. NYU is going to beat Husson, and NYU is going to come out of it. I really wish Husson could could win. I think they're going to cause some problems. I just don't know if Husson can slow down Friedman. So that's the first weekend on the men's side. On the women's side, starting the upper right, interesting enough with NYU. We'll be taking on uh, Millsaps with DeSales in Southern Virginia. NYU comes out of the weekend. Uh, I think DeSales can certainly give them a game in the second game. And if there is an upset, it would be there. DeSales at home over NYU. Um, but I think NYU is just on a mission. Any anybody, Everybody's going to be just kind of in their way. Um, down in Texas, Harden-Simmons playing Occidental with Mary Harden-Baylor and Trinity, Texas on the other side. I like the way Trinity, Texas is playing. I think they come out of the weekend. I, I think they have figured some things out, and they are the most dangerous team in that foursome. Farmingdale, uh, Framingham State taking on Scranton with Marymount and Ohio Northern on the other side. I'm going to go wild card here. Why not? Framingham State comes out of it. Why not? If it's not, it'll be Scranton. But Framingham State's my wild card pick here. Uh, Johns Hopkins playing Marietta at Christopher Newport, where Mount St. Vincent is playing the captains. Uh, I, I like Hopkins. I do, but I think Christopher Newport comes out of the weekend. Uh, Whitewater is playing host of Minnesota Morris with Milliken and Willamette on the other end. Um, geez, this is a heck of a, of a grouping. I'm a little concerned Whitewater is not playing as strong as, as they have been playing this season. I think Milliken comes out of the weekend. Uh, Hope playing Rippon and Berea playing DePaul. This is going to be Hope versus DePaul in the second round. And wow, it could go either way, but I'm going to go with Hope. Uh, Carroll and Puget Sound. Wash U and Stout at Carroll. Um, I'm going to go Carroll. Emory and Ohio Wesleyan with Tran- at Transylvania where Chatham is playing the Pioneers. Uh, this is going to be an Emory versus Transylvania game and Transylvania, I think, comes out of it. Uh, upper right-hand corner, Bowden is playing host to Western New England, which I think is a bonkers first-round game. I think Bowden's going to have a real battle there with Mass Dartmouth and New Jersey City on the other side. I think Bowden wins because they're at home, and I think they're going to have the advantage there. But I think they barely get past Western New England, and then we'll have a really tough match in the second game after being exhausted in the first. Then at SUNY New Paltz, you got Trinity, Connecticut, and Baldwin-Wallace before SUNY New Paltz plays Penn State. Uh, Harrisburg, I like how good SUNY New Paltz is playing. I'm leaning towards them, though the wild card, I think, in that group is Sherry Harris, Baldwin-Wallace squad. Uh, Oshkosh is playing host uh, to Webster with Gustavus, Dolphus, and Trine on the other side. 
Uh, as good as this is, I think it's Gustavus Adolphus. I think I think the Gusties come out of that one. Shenandoah and Messiah will play each other at Smith. Smith will play Maine Maritime. Um, I think Shenandoah will beat Messiah. I think Maine Maritime will give Smith a hard time. If there's an upset, it's Maine Maritime over Smith. Otherwise, do I dare say? No. I think Shenandoah comes out of it. Why not? Let's go wild on this one, all right? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it were, I think Shenandoah comes out. Bates is hosting Brooklyn with Springfield and Widener on the other side. Uh, Brooklyn's a tough team, but I think Bates has just got too many options, both outside and inside. And as much as I like Springfield and Widener in this, Bates comes out of the weekend. Illinois Wesleyan is playing Concordia Moorhead at Wartburg, where Wartburg is playing Wisconsin Lutheran, another Wisconsin Lutheran team that can certainly pull an upset. Uh, I really like the Cobbers. I think they're really undersung. I like Mia Smith squad at Illinois Wesleyan, too. That is the problem. I think the winner of that game comes out of the weekend. Yeah, I said it. Um, so the winner of Illinois Wesleyan, Concordia Moorhead, will come. Will beat either Warburg or Wisconsin Lutheran. WNL playing host to Vassar with Catholic and Penn State Barron on the other end. I actually think Washington Lee comes out of this. I like Catholic. I think they're a really good basketball team, but I think WNL is going to come out of that weekend. Gettysburg and St. John Fisher at Rhode Island College for St. Joseph's on the other end. I I call games for Gettysburg, so I'm a little biased here, admittedly. I really like Gettysburg's team. They got the size. They got the firepower. I think they're going to give Rhode Island College a really tough time. I think Rhode Island College comes out of it, but if you want to see the biggest upset that might happen in the weekend, it might be that Gettysburg comes out of that pod. So there you go. That's my uh, look at the uh, at what might happen this weekend. Um, not saying those are definite picks. I'm just kind of shooting from the hip a little bit on those. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, Phil Nagley saying, what a great story. Uh, can't wait to listen to the archive. Get some rest, Dave. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, the, the story about uh, Phil. Or, I'm sorry, Josh Angle and his mom, right? I mean, his mom. Just what a hell of a story. Um, that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap things up. I want to really thank our guests. We had some great ones today. Great conversations with Scott Bittner of Stockton, Kim Wagers at Concordia Moorhead, Ava Hassel at DePaul, Tony Wingen at Carnegie Mellon, Walter Pascal, Flannery O'Connell, and Gwen Carpenter at, at Framingham State, and then Josh Allen at Claremont Mount Scripps. Really want to thank all, all of their sports information departments who are very helpful for us. I really appreciate it. We'll be back on the air Monday, 7 o'clock. Uh, I, at this point, I'm not going to go to any games, but if I do show up somewhere, it'll be a Catholic on Saturday night, but I think I'm going to lay low. I am really worn out with this whatever bug I've got. It is clearly affecting my voice, and I need my voice for the weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. Actually, it's women's lacrosse on Friday, followed by women's basketball on Sunday with another women's lacrosse game on Saturday. So there you go. That's what I got ahead of me, and uh, I'm going to probably lay low on Saturday as a result of that. But uh, tune in to D3Hoops.com. Of course, we have the men's preview. The women's preview will be up a little bit later on those tournaments. We have every single score and link to video, maybe audio if they exist. Of course, live stats will have it all for you at D3Hoops.com. For those of you who donated to the show, thank you very much. We have tweeted out information on that. Um you can donate via Venmo. You can donate via Give Butter, or you can purchase some items. We have an Amazon gift uh, wish list put together. You don't have to buy them on Amazon. It just gives you an idea of what we're looking for. If you want to send a check or use Zelle or some other avenue, contact us, email me, and I will get you information on how you can do so. We are not very far along on our goal, which is uh, a little disappointing, to be completely honest, but 
maybe we can make some headway here in the next couple of weeks. And with that, we sign off. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the NABC studios. Thanks to our friends at the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Also, thanks to our friends at Sport Tours International. If you're looking for an international trip, maybe to Costa Rica or somewhere in Europe especially, give the guys a call at Sport Tours International. Brett Seymour is our good friend there, among others. He can help you get those hooked up. You can also come to the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas. Do you realize how many uh, uh, teams were in Vegas this past um, winter who are in the NCAA tournament and those who just missed out? It is quite a few. Uh, Off the top of my head, Trinity, Texas. um, Excuse me. Gosh, I cannot. You know what? We're going to do it on Monday because I can't. My voice is done. We're going to sign off, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Stay in touch with us. You can always email us in the offs when we're not on the air, hoopsville at d3sports.com. Join us on social medias at d3hoopsville or use the hashtag hoopsville. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Have a good night. You enjoy the first weekend of the tournament. We got games from early afternoon to the evening in both men's and women's basketball on Friday, followed by Saturday. This is a fun time of year, and believe it or not, we will be down to just 16 teams on both brackets by the time we meet back here, 7 o'clock Eastern, on Monday to talk all about it. You've been watching Hoopsville. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care.